stout fucking black dude from the Packers, and he was awesome. Uh, John, my John favorite Lynch. Al Harris. John Lynch. Yeah, John Lynch was fantastic. Lynch was a beast. Great um, safety. My favorite Al Harris highlight was that overtime game in the playoffs against Seattle. Yes. Matt Hasselbeck, we want the ball and we're going to score. Uh, no. <laughs> Al Harris has something to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> Al Harris is going to tell you what's up. Yeah, a boring, a boring sandwich in the chat. Uh, that's my buddy on Facebook. It's his birthday today, and he's here. Happy birthday! So, yeah. Um, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me first remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the use and the reuse of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That's B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. We're also covered by Brandenburg v. Ohio 1969, which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Therefore, everything said here on Anarchy Monk Finn's Roundtable Discussion is entirely hypothetical. Uh, this is episode 191. We're going to be talking about Ruby Ridge with the Biting the Bullet podcast, boys. Here we go. Yeah, that looks good. Andrew's, I like Andrew's that. Andrew's off his boobs. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> showing off my, uh, I'm I, showing off my moves for the ratings, all right? Just a, I feel like I need, a, I need that little... That first section that you said right there, I think we need that for our show because uh, the bit cut. Yeah, because uh, we've already been used in a federal court case. So <laughs> I, I have, I have also, I, I have a, a, a file because I was on the Vanu podcast with Shane Radliff, and that was cited um, because it was on a guy's laptop that was busted in international waters for uh, uh, drug running. Hell yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so. He's just doing he was just doing uh the Lord's work out there, you know? Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, are you looking in the chat? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Hey man. Okay, I'm just you making know. sure. <laughs> well, you know what they say about guys with big tits. I I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's. I don't. What do they say? I, nothing. They're only one operation away from being a woman. Jiggles, jiggles, it doesn't fold. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the the problem is like I I took that round to the right knee. So if it had been a little bit higher, uh, <laughs> I guess we could just tell that direction. Uh, <laughs> you would no, not be an attractive right woman, Andrew. I just cosplay as a female dwarf. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's 2022. You can identify as whatever he wants. Yeah. Yep. He can identify it. That doesn't make it so. He can he can identify it as whatever he wants, and he can get into places that you can't because you're white. Ha. You're bad. No. Ha. Andrew's from an actual oppressed population. He's Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, dude, I'm leaving. I'm done. See you guys. <laughs> says, says the Bears fan. I mean, you guys are Marines, so, I mean, we already know you don't have good taste. Yeah, we're yeah. the most oppressed society, obviously. <laughs> you know, I, I thought about trying to get your guys' addresses to make sure you had a care package that showed up. It was the big 64 box of crayons. Yeah. Nice. We've so got that we before. know which one's your favorite. We'll, we'll just pull that. them all out and it'll all be purple. Oh, that yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jared. 
Fucking Jared, dude, coming in on the yeah. live stream. Jared, don't give a fuck. <laughs> I had to throw that That's all right. Jared still cries himself to sleep at night. <laughs> That's because he moved away from you guys. Uh, yeah. That's what it is. It's because he's it's not married now, crippling, actually. It's, it's not as crippling depression at all. No, he misses, he misses the cuddle puddles. No. Well, that's his fault. He had a he had to not be gay anymore and went and decided to be straight. So yeah. That's fucking boring. Lame. Yeah, fucking nerd. <laughs> the world hates a quitter, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't like spitters or quitters, and Jared's both, so Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to continue that conversation. <laughs> so, uh, give give us give us the elevator pitch. Who are you guys? Give us. We're we're biting the bullet. We're two dumbass. We're the oh, there's a lot wrong with us. That's that would take the whole podcast. But uh, we're the number one veteran gay podcast on. Uh, <laughs> We have a great Instagram page. You can find us if you type in number one veteran gay anarchist podcast. Um, they, they, they have a, the, the pride flag, and that's a, that's why they haven't been banned. Yeah. We, well, we got unbanned <laughs> because we decided to let our true selves show on Instagram. Uh, so it's been – it's our Instagram's not shadow banned anymore. And, uh, yeah, we're um, two dumbass Marines that – uh, we were in like 2012, 2016, typo 2017, and uh, we hated the fucking Marine Corps. Uh, met, had some of the best times there, had some of the worst times there. Uh, loved every part about it, except like all the bullshit that came with it. And then we kind of realized like maybe we're the baddies like halfway through. <laughs> and uh, we were like, well, this, is, uh, this isn't what we expected or what we signed up for. And... As we kind of came into that school of thought, we ended up, it was like right around election season. Um, Gary Johnson was getting really big on his second run. Uh, we kind of fell into that group of libertarianism, um, but it was also super weird because there's a lot of anarchists in the libertarian movement and they were like, oh, you guys are fucking baby killers. And I was like, dude, I just... I just got drunk in Japan for two and a half years. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even see a baby while I was over there. Like, I don't know. Why, I don't know. a few, but. Yeah. I don't know why you're so mad at me. And then, uh, you know, we did that and we got out. And then we were like, oh, this, this type of libertarian light, like, area that kind of seemed to be big at that or permeating through the movement at that point. We were like, this isn't really for us. And. There was a couple like core things that typo would hold on to or i would hold on to uh that kind of made us like still on the status path and then there was plenty of drunk nights of arguing and yelling at each other in the back or jared who's in the chat uh that we'd be yelling and drunk arguing about libertarianism and shit in our backyard and it was really funny and kind of let go of some of the stupidity that we were holding on to and jared was like man we should do a podcast and just talk about this shit because it's funny or at least we think it's funny feels literally like literally exactly pit. how this one started too yeah feels like being in the smoke pit and uh you know we're talking through our ideas of what uh what we think it should be and the craziness that is happening is fun to talk about so let's do it on a podcast 
And that's what we did. And, uh, you know, it's had a lot of good things come out of it. We've had a lot of vets that have come out and been like, dude, you guys fucking get it. And then we've had a lot of young kids that have, or not young kids, but you know, that 16 to 18 year old range, whether male or female come out to us and be like, we were planning on joining the military and now we're not going to. And I was like, that's the best thing I could have asked for, for doing this podcast, you know, go join a trade, do fucking something else. Like, other than join the military because you're just an agent of the state. And that's kind of, that's kind of our podcast. I don't know. You got anything else to add to that typo? Uh, I think you nailed it, dude. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much, we started this thing. We thought we were like the only veteran libertarian podcasters out there. Like we thought we were the, like, like we thought there's no other podcast that's going to be like savage like ours. And then within like a month of starting it, we're like, oh, wow, there's a lot of other podcasts out there. We're, we are not, we're not the only ones at all. <laughs> yeah, everybody has a libertarian podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, apparently, like, you're not libertarian without it. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's required for membership, I think, uh, in the LP is that you have to have a podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's kind of how, yeah. how it went. Yeah, half, half the current LP board has podcasts. Oh shit! That's I didn't funny. even think about that, but now I just like ran right when you said that. I kind of yeah. ran through the names that I knew, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's fucking true." Yeah. So we're all just grifters, and we spout um, political policy on a daily basis uh, to uh, make our grifting more profitable. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a socialist throw, throw, if I got paid more. Yeah, yeah throw, throwing money into a dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have to pay typo if I'm a socialist, and I don't want to do that. So, uh, has anyone bought the bikini yet? Uh, yes, there's been a few people that have bought our yeah? Binding okay. a Bullet bikini. Um, it's reversible, so one side is, uh, you know, <laughs> one side is the black and orange. That is our uh, that is our show. Like, yep, there it is. Jason's got it up there in the corner, and then the other side is Marpat with uh it's desert marpat um marine corps marpat with uh it's got our logo on there somewhere the the mongooses and the mongooses are a funny thing uh it kind of stemmed from one of our other buddies that lived with us and we all loved futurama and there's a part in futurama where they're calling themselves the fighting mongooses and so that's kind of where our name came from and our logo just stemmed from that there was three of us so there was three mongooses and then uh, biting the bullet just seemed very apt because we joke about suicide a lot and uh, and just taking it in the ass sometimes. So, you know, you just got to bite the bullet. That that was a, a wicked turn. <laughs> so, yeah, I see you guys take Bohica, literally. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. I don't know what that is, yeah. Bend over, here it comes again. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's like how that. ours started. That. That's how ours started too. It was just like Telegram chat, and then somebody's like, "Hey, we should do a podcast," and somebody's like, "That's a good idea," and then the rest of us were like, "Okay, now we now we have to do it." Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's how it goes. There's sometimes where Typo and I are just like, "Fuck, why did we do this?" Uh, <laughs> and then you get halfway through the episode, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is why we do it." I forgot. That's- yeah. My therapy, bro. Like my my buddy Monkey's in the chat, and I was talking to him today about it, and I was like, "This is my therapy. Like I I do all week just fucking normie bullshit, and then Sunday night, that's my time to just feel better." Yeah, I've been off for six weeks. I'm all, fuck. I got internet again. Yay! 
Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're going crazy out there. You're just like, oh shit. Uh, yeah. He, he is in the Socialist friend. Republic of Colorado, so yeah, Oof. maybe California. Well, yeah, He's that's where Jared wants to go. Jared wants to go to fucking Colorado. Colorado. Hey, at least it's beautiful out here. It is <laughs> yeah. super not beautiful. As hot, not as hot as California either. Not. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember a time when Colorado was still actually a pretty free fucking state. Like I'm actually old enough to remember that. And, There's uh, a couple counties that are holdouts, and they're just like "fuck you" to Jared Polis, and it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. legit. My buddy, my buddy Monkey's in the chat. He's uh, a former corpsman, and he says, "Made a few of you boys bite a silver bullet because apparently y'all don't know how to hydrate properly." No, that's true. I watched a, I watched a dude. This little, he was like a Eastern Bloc cat. Um, his name was uh, Boris, some fucking Eastern Bloc name. Man, he was a short little guy. He was probably like twenty eight years old, going through boot camp with a whole bunch of eighteen, nineteen year olds, and short like shorter than typo short mm -hmm. and he uh he's fucking we're doing the crucible and boot camp and he always had problems hiking because he's got little legs it's hard to go up fucking mountains and uh he falls out of this fucking race or not the race but he falls out of this uh hike up like one of these fucking shitty ass mountains at five o'clock in the morning and corman's like nope you're getting the bullet i don't care if you can still talk and just whoop, right up his asshole dude check his temperature <laughs> They do it right in front of everyone, dude. Dude, no they don't shame. give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. There's corpsmen that have, like, notches on it about how many people they stuck up their ass, dude. They're savages. <laughs> the Navy's gay, dude. The Navy's yeah. really gay. <laughs> well, they're the only ones to mandate the uh, monkeypox vaccine. Oh, really? Oh, well, obviously, <laughs> because it's the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Babylon, Babylon B put that out. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's too bad yeah. Gary's not here for that one. Yeah, Derek. Derek is ex Navy. <laughs> yeah. Navy intelligence. Yeah. No. Well, there's a contradiction in terms. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any military yes. intelligence is a contradiction yeah. in terms. Let's be honest. Exactly. Uh, I know. Yeah. I was Air Force yeah, intelligence. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're Air yeah, Force intelligence. Right? He's he's Marine yeah. Corps intel. It's, oh, that's, that's the, the worst. Dude. That's the worst, man. Serious <laughs> <laughs> contradiction in terms. <laughs> yeah, dude, we can't even read. What are we doing, dude? <laughs> oh, yeah. So we got maps are drawn in crayon. With computer make noise. It's right here. It's it's written in tablets with stone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking Neanderthals, just like eating crayons and chewing on rocks for as gum. <laughs> Forgetting that the crayon was supposed to be on the cave wall, what they use on yeah. the cave wall to tell everybody. Exactly, oh. dude. Oh, the red one tastes good. <laughs> we had a we, we had a we had a commander that he always he'd always make this statement when the balloon goes up, and he would always be talking about Korea and stuff, and everybody was like lost in the sauce about it. Like we were like, what the yeah. fuck does that mean? When the balloon goes up, we're gonna be ready. And uh, apparently, well, typo ended up looking it up, I think, at one point. But even before that, I was just like, this sounds like such a Marine Corps thing. Like, we we're just like, we're about to charge into battle. Somebody blow up a balloon and throw it in the like, air. Like, <laughs> we had no idea. He was old school as shit. And it turned out that he was talking about the, like, nuclear cloud. Like, when the balloon goes <laughs> up. 
then we're, we better okay. be ready. Like, that's what he was talking about this whole, the like, whole time. We're like, what is he, like, what does he mean, dude? Like, what I mean, he... I feel like if you're looking at, like, if you're within visual range of a mushroom cloud from a nuclear detonation, it's too late to do Again, anything. Marines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, at that point, First in, you're last just out. waiting for the shockwave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We'll die. We'll die charging it, dude. Like, fuck it. <laughs> Big boom. Yeah, we don't know. Go after it. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me a piece of the cloud, bitches. War <laughs> cry. If you're lucky enough, you'll make it to the edge of the heat wave before it dissipates. Yeah, for real. Because the rest of that is fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, um, um, Josh and I are, are both civilians, no military training. At all, so but Chris, throw yours out. Cheers real quick. to you. Yeah, Chris, throw yours out. Uh, uh, I was quick, and Andrew, just real quick. I was uh, Air Force Signal Intel. Um, okay. I was discharged because for medical after my dad passed away. Uh, I had an anxiety attack while on while out and about, and they uh, they said, "There's the door." But uh, yeah, no, started. Not great, but it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. They just they just throw us through, you know, a whole bunch of shrinks for years at a time and try to keep you in until they can fuck you over for the rest of your life. <laughs> How's it feel to know that the IRS is gonna have more agents than there are oh, US Marines? We just talked oh, about this, dude. We yeah. were we were just talking about this on our last on Friday. It'll come out. Tomorrow, Monday, tomorrow monday morning yeah yeah um i didn't i didn't realize i just assumed like the irs had you know a million people like just the amount of people that i thought that they would have to audit compared to the amount of, it just didn't seem like it would be less than a million people the irs has like what did i say it was seventy four thousand people. 70, like 75 or yeah. 78 thousand something like yeah. that yeah and they they don't they're hiring double like they're they're doubling the force. Yep, more than IRS. double. More than it's double. Insane. <laughs> it's insane. Whatever. Math. Fuck you. Um, it's just marine. Remember, marine. <laughs> it's not so, in crayon. I don't recognize it. Um, you know, it's just. I was just. I like, mean, I can get the, the orange crayon out if you want. If that'll help, but. <laughs> You're just like writing on a sheet in the background, like trying to explain everything. To I me. actually have a box of mini crayons over there. Like it's like snack packs for Marines. Snack packs. They should put that shit in MREs, bro. Yeah. When they start to well, get I mean, aggressive I, at the bars, I chuck there, them. There is, Here, there is, there is a company that does make edible crayons. As like Crayola like is the only it's one like, I recommend. It's like a gag gift, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Bo, yeah, that's a Wisconsin flag. Valhalicist and Ink Anarchist are both in Wisconsin. Oh, yep. nice. So, Andrew I love Valhalicist. That's fucking a dope ass name, right? <laughs> I have a I have a pretty strong Norwegian heritage, so it just kind of fit. Yeah, no. yeah. I, I I don't know. Uh, you know, the Norse mythology plays a big role, at least while I was in in the Marine Corps. Like it was like pretty big. No black suns though. I didn't see any black suns on any of my oh, friends. Oh, uh, you weren't you weren't in Ukraine. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you got to go yeah. to Ukraine, and then there's that weird funny sun <laughs> thing that definitely has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. That's what. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh. I don't know. Weird. Andrew, Andrew, throw out your uh, your military, real quick. Uh, I was uh, Rangers. I was uh, third group. 
Um, did Maybe. a bunch of civilian contracting <laughs> stuff after I got out for a while. Work did some things for some people, um, and uh, eventually turned to anarchism because you know, I mean, at the end of the day, once you do what I did, you know exactly what the government's capable of. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Boy, am I done. That's I love That's hearing stories though about convincing people not to go in because I have. I actually had a buddy, um, he was a uh, Red Arrow, so that's um, what the 32nd Infantry. Holy crap. Um, Sorry, Andrew. And... I was looking at uh, Bo in the chat. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's right oh. near us. I'm in lacrosse. I'm um, in Juno. Bo Galo. Bo Galo. Just point nice. that out. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, uh, totally I had a buddy who was. Totally not a fed. Totally not a fed. Yeah, probably um but uh he was He's probably um, the guy that hangs out on my hilltop every couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a buddy he was um a combat engineer he was uh 32nd i think he was red arrow and he was like wanting to go active and everything else and i like literally i mean i was i was fucking hammered at the time but uh like drunkenly with tears in my eyes like pled to him like dude do not do that to yourself like yeah do you see how fucked up i am right now do you understand what this does you don't want that, and he uh, he actually ETS instead good. of uh, re-upping. So I kind of doesn't that it make you feel so good. It makes you feel yeah. so good. Yeah, without him ever actually seeing combat, thank God. <laughs> yeah, my my little sister uh, up on my dad's. She's uh she's not like your typical just like girly girl from the country. She was very. She was like the first person, first woman in this little ass town. It's called. It's a village. It's not even like an actual down um she played on the football team she's just kind of a savage and now she's like super girly girly which is super funny but um she was like this little tomboy just growing up she grew up with you know three older brothers or two older brothers and one brother right underneath her um but she wanted to join the marine corps and it was like right before she was graduating high school and i was just like and i had already been out probably three years at that point and i was just like don't do it like just please for the love that is all holy just don't do it and then she didn't and now she's like a a preschool teacher or some shit like that and i'm like that whatever i'll take that yeah, like she, my, my yeah. oldest is 16 and uh one of her friends is graduating this year he went and signed up said he wanted to join the navy and i i tried to talk him out of it six ways to sunday and yeah Finally, he ended he ended up signing up, but he signed up for something that would just about guarantee he's only going to be on shore duty and stateside. Good. So it's like, hey, if that's if you absolutely want to do it, just to you know get the free college, sign up for something like that, and just keep your head down. Yeah. Yeah, it's a way better thing than I did because I got asked by actually my recruiter's boss when I was signing the papers, like, why do you want to be in the army, son? I'm like, sign, shoot people, and blow shit up. He's like, that's Absolutely. as good a reason yeah. as any. That's like half the reason why, why that's, people join the Marine Corps. That's that's a, that's a, a kind of a family tradition for you, though, Andrew. Well, <laughs> well shooting true. people and blowing shit up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you have to you have to explain it. You have to explain it. <laughs> drive drive your own car to work every morning, do you? Um, yeah. So I. I uh, grew up in Ireland from about age seven to 14 and uh, my dad moved me around a lot because he's extremely politically active. And uh, Is that we're, we're talking about, 
Nice. We're talking about Brandenburg, uh, Ohio, nineteen sixty-nine. Yeah, so, so we're, we're talking about like nineteen ninety-three uh, onward. So, <laughs> if you're familiar with the history of Ireland, you can probably guess how I grew up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that uh, that was fun. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a bit of a family tradition blowing things up. That's we're gotcha. good at it. Gotcha. We're real good at it. So you you love the British. I'm assuming. Oh, so much. <laughs> he has a Margaret Thatcher sex doll. <laughs> For that one, you better not start your own car in the morning. He's going, I got your kick right here. <laughs> is your dad a Catholic? Are you Catholic? I'm. I am not Catholic. My dad is. Um, we, yeah. For yeah. Bit, I just say uh, yeah. Andrew's current yeah. lifestyle might fly in the face of uh, yeah. Catholicism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he. Um, <laughs> he. We. We did live for a little bit. Um, in uh, some parts of Ulster that maybe are less than tolerant. Um, <laughs> of each other, where there's literal walls separating neighborhoods. Um, I love that was it. Fun. Yeah, and if, you, uh, if he gets if he gets drunk enough on the podcast, you can hear the accent come out as he's talking. I was just gonna oh, yeah. ask what was he drinking because yeah, yep. it was already starting to come out. Yeah, just a little it's, bit. Uh, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's dude. It's uh, yeah. It, it, I went through like three years <laughs> of. Now I'm I'm are you kidding me? I'm drinking. Uh, what is this? I don't even I got, know. Perfect bite. From I got sparkling Osa. water. I went with quiet man for today. See, I'm whiskey. not drinking whiskey. I'm drinking beer because I don't want to get completely hammered by the end. <laughs> I got some some Buffalo Trace. Oh, that was my drink, bro. I got some Buffalo oh. Trace. One of my favorites. And some Trulies. Some Truly Teas. Some Truly Teas. I like the teas. Going, going real hardcore on that one, huh? Oh, yeah. It's a Sunday night. I got to be up at five, so can't go too hard. <laughs> I get to sleep in until about six, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to uh, set myself up for failure anymore because before I just stay drunk at work, but it's oh, hard to drive the, and do that. Like in the next ninety minutes, you will you will want to drink. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because we're gonna but, get into. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was just explaining um, Ruby Ridge to my girlfriend because she's like, "What? Are you what did, what did you today? know? What did you know about it before, like the last week or so?" Before I asked you guys, did, was, are you familiar uh, so, with it at all? So I wasn't, it's not something, it's something that you always hear in, you know, like the circles mm -hmm. that we're in. Um, it's not something that I was ever well read on, uh, to be honest. But it's a, uh, what I knew about it before actually going into it was dude sold some shotguns to an Aryan Brotherhood guy or Aryan Nations guy. I knew the Aryan Nations mm -hmm. part. Uh, and that guy was actually an FBI informant. I knew that. And then, uh, yeah, that they went after him for, uh, selling these shotguns. And he was like, fuck you. Like, I'm not doing that. And you're not taking me. That's how I understood it originally. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, this is before. Right. So I, that's how I understood it originally. It's like, I'm not going to prison for selling some, so, uh, sawed off shotguns to this guy. And uh, then there was like a standoff. I didn't really know the events particularly well, like how they happened in order. Um, but I knew that his son died 
and his wife was killed while holding his infant's child. And then that him and his buddy ended up surrendering after the 11 days, but his wife was killed on day one, sitting there dead for 11 days. And I was like, that's horrendous, especially um, because the sniper uh, that Mon shot on Hirachi. Yeah. Mon Hirachi. Hirachi. Yeah, whatever, however you say it. Yeah, he... uh, Japanese. Yeah, he... Yeah, so I knew that he had shot them, um, had brought got brought up on charges, and then ended up everything getting let go from him, um, or all all the charges were vacated from him. Um, But it seemed like Utah, or not Utah, Idaho had actually tried a few times to... I remembered, like, Idaho actually trying a few times to get him under these charges. But then yep. after reading it, I kind of saw reading more about it. And I was like, oh, damn, this was it's about as bad as it sounds. But there's also a couple like details in there that are. Bro, I like got the, I got eight and a half pages of notes. Oh, I bet. Oh, well, like one of the details that was big to me <laughs> that surprised my girlfriend was uh, the warrant or not the warrant, the original. Um, filing of his court date on February 20th. And then the other one that was sent out saying that he would be there or that it was, it was moved to March 20th and he didn't show up to the February 20th because he had the March 20th one. Mm-hmm. And then they signed an, an immediate warrant for his arrest and to go in um, stealthily because he's probably going to fight back. And this was the reason why that part stuck with me is Typo and I have talked about it multiple times on our show about how when they think the person that they're going to go arrest or serve a warrant to is violent in any kind of way, they come up with all these crazy strategies that they try to do to come into their house and this, that, or the other. But Bro. for vets, it's really bad. For vets, it's really bad mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter what you did in the military – you could have been a desk writer that didn't do shit medically separated after a year because you didn't even make it all or you made it all the way through boot camp, but you didn't like you whatever happened, you broke your hip or something like that. And they still treat you as, you know, like this crazy vet Killer. that yeah, yes, vet yeah, it's just wild. So it's just that part was crazy to me. Oh, yeah. Well, and remember that Randy didn't actually ever deploy. Yeah. So no, like, and I forgot. I didn't realize that he was a. I didn't realize he was a combat engineer either. Like, I didn't know he was in the in the military before. Yeah. Yep, he was a brave. Yeah. Tango, same with you. Uh, yeah, I kind of knew a little bit more than Luke, just because uh, I kind of well, I watched a bunch of documentaries about Waco, uh, the Oklahoma City bombing, and and Ruby Ridge, and I didn't realize how like they're not like they're not directly connected but there's like connections between all of them. And I didn't realize like how connected those things were. I thought they were like three separate events that don't really mm-hmm. take place. So then when I, I was learning about Waco and it was referencing Ruby Ridge and I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? And then learning about the Oklahoma City bombing, they referenced Ruby Ridge and Waco. And I was like, whoa, wow, I didn't realize this was all connected. But uh, I think before, like probably before I read into it myself, I, I had a little, probably like kind of like the same perspective of luke like i didn't really understand what happened i know it was something to do with illegal firearms i know that they were coming to arrest him because he didn't show up in court but i didn't know why i didn't realize why 
and then I really I did, but I did know that his son and his wife were killed. But that's all I really knew. And and I from my first exposure, I thought Randy Weaver was kind of crazy, like this loon. I thought he wasn't like. <laughs> This right wing yeah. extremist. I mean, yeah, he is kind of. Randy, yeah. Randy, Randy has has more practical than extremism, but his, his Vicky was was yeah. Vicky extreme. was the Ayn Rand fucking like yeah yeah supremacist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Randy Randy is also a, an openly admitted white white yeah separatist. white supremacist he, yeah, he separatist. is a white separatist Se- separatist not separatist, separatist. separatist. yeah, yeah he's, you, he's a white separatist yeah. for sure um yeah he didn't, he didn't believe him. he yeah he didn't believe that like mixed race cultures could live mm-hmm. amongst each other right that was his perspective of the the whole thing yeah, that was that but, yeah that was part of it yeah but they made yeah. but to me they made it like i guess the best way to describe it they made it not to be like more violent than he really was they made him to be seem yes. very violent yes. like he oh, was yeah. yes he was selling these shotguns because he's trying to start a race war type shit and that's like that was my like initial perspective so like i didn't really look into it that much because i was like oh just some crazy racist dude trying to you know <laughs> sell guns to other racist dudes and i was like that's fucking weird yeah oh yeah yep. well and if you only watch like uh uh npr's or not npr but uh uh the public broadcasting's um american experience yeah, PBS. on ruby ridge yeah, yeah it, it, if you if you only watch that like they really try and push the white supremacist racist angle to the whole thing and really really tr- like the one journalist they interview for it is like all about like oh he was a white supremacist he was you know he was this this racist i mean randy weaver was definitely racist uh don't get me wrong yeah, but uh sure. he was not he was not like he straight up didn't want to be part of the the aryan nations thing like he didn't want yeah. to be part of that he straight up told them no yeah. yeah and there's like a big difference between someone that's like racist and someone that's violent <laughs> Like someone that has like well, yeah, there's subtle... there's a there's a big difference between supremacist and a separatist. Like yeah. Ra- Randy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy, Randy was a more of a cultural separatist, a religious separatist. Like he wanted to be over here with his people doing his thing, away from everyone else. Whereas supremacists, you know, they're trying to hurt other yes. people and, and all that other bullshit. So, but yeah, uh... I think those those terms kind of get conflated a lot, and I don't think most people even really know the difference. Yeah. So, uh, let's get into it then, huh? Um, so Randy and Vicky both grew up in religious farming families, both did well in school. Uh, they were married in November, 1971 after Randy received an honorable discharge from the army as an engineer and support personnel for the green berets. They moved to, I think, Oh, and I, I think if I remember right, um, to Cedar falls, Iowa, where Randy intended to enroll at university, Northern Iowa to study criminal justice with the hopes of becoming an FBI agent. Hashtag irony. (laughs) he dropped out because tuition was too expensive and ended up working at the john deere plant where vicky there worked as a secretary that's right in our neck of the woods if you're in the midwest that's quad cities man yeah sarah Sarah was born in 1976 uh samuel two years later in 1978 uh during that time they continued to go to church preferring the old testament stuff Kind of withdrawn from mainstream society, and Vicky said she started having apocalyptic dreams and visions. Well, I mean, not even just Old Testament. Right? It was also like like Revelations, yes. um, yeah. Daniel nine specifically mm-hmm. uh, in the Old Testament, like the the apocalyptic predictions, yeah. uh, Matthew twenty four, uh, that mm-hmm. stuff. 
Yeah. So uh, setting the scene. So this is like 1971, 1978, right? It's it's the counterculture movement, right? You got the hippies. Um, you got that that whole movement going on. The economy is in a deep, deep, deep recession in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, bankruptcies are up 50 percent. Farming communities are hit the hardest. Agriculture exports decline. Crop prices fall. Official inflation interest rate is about 20 percent. Yeah, this that era. I mean, especially for the Midwest, farmers were losing their farms uh-huh. daily. There was an auction yeah. for everything for farmers losing absolutely. Yeah, there's everything. also um, also during the Cold War, and nuclear war fears were oh yeah an everyday thing. Um, is the tail end of Vietnam, and and just everything was starting to build, right? So I mean, you if a deeply religious person. Um, with Old Testament views can look at this stuff and go, oh, fuck. Right? So during her, this is, they make a big point of this. Um, during her pregnancy in 1978, Vicky reads The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. Uh, it's a book that was released in 1970. Orson Welles did a movie in 1978 about it. And by 1980, it had sold 28 million copies. Okay. The just a quick Wikipedia on it. Um, Hal cited an increase in the frequency of famines, wars, earthquakes as major events just prior to the end of the world. He also foretold a Soviet invasion of Israel. Lindsay also predicted the European Economic Community, which precedes the European Union, was destined, according to biblical prophecy, to become a United States of Europe, which says he turned to destined to become a uh, revised Roman Empire ruled by the Antichrist. Yeah, he he pulls that from Revelation. Not entirely what it says, but yeah, I can see that. Uh, Lindsay also wrote or also concluded that there was no uh, mention of the America in the books of Daniel or Revelations. So he found that the U.S. had no major ge- geopolitical power at the time, uh, and the tribulations of end times arrived. He also found that the Bible could not. Uh, represent the U.S., but suggested that Ezekiel 38.13 could be speaking to the U.S. in part. So in, bo- in 1980, he wrote a book called The 1980s Countdown to Armageddon, which Lindsay predicted that, quote, the decade of the 1980s could very well be the last decade of history as we know it. Well, yeah, and Lindsay kind of, he he kind of spearheaded the the idea that that still is, is pretty prevalent, um, that the generation, because there's a verse that says that the generation that sees Israel become a nation again will be the generation present at the end times. So, like, there's now a clock ticking. Um, and to oh. the end, um, his book was kind of in the same vein as the Left Behind series. If you're familiar with those, a lot of Frank Peretti stuff, um, things like that. Yeah. So, and it 19- should have ended after the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I lived through the 80s. You're not entirely wrong. Man, uh, after 86, uh, like, what more was there? I was born. It's time to just pack in the dough, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Nothing better. Is so uh, from 1978, 1993, Vicky and Randy continued down the path that they were on. They withdrew more and more from mainstream society and sought more freedom, more self-reliant lifestyle. The economy, again, started to turn to shit. Inflation was still high. Hostilities with Russia increased after they invaded Afghanistan and the U.S. backed the Mohajadeen. Uh, <laughs> we all know how that oh, yeah. worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that, that's why I joined the military 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> the, the threat, the threat you know, of nuclear, nuclear war was the highest since the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. That's one of those things that I always laugh about. Like, 
when I was in Afghanistan, I literally, there was a point, one of the roads that we go down all the time, up on the side of it, it had been pulled off by a, like a wrecker, was a burned out like T-72. Like, <laughs> Just so like I'm driving that, past man. it, and I'm driving past it in a GMV and looking at it and going, yep, that's confidence inspiring. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Okay, so uh, shortly after Rachel was born in, in 1983, so this is their, their third kid now, Sarah, Sammy, and Rachel. Shortly after Rachel was born in 1983, they packed up what they could into a van and a pickup, sold what was left, and headed west looking for a place to settle. After two weeks, they found 20 acres in Bonner County of northern Idaho. It's about 40 miles from the Canadian border, just outside of Naples, for $5,000 and the moving van. They built a small plywood cabin with no running water or electricity and settled into a simple life. The kids were homeschooled, taught to shoot and hunt. They grew and forged what they could, uh, bartered and traded for most of what they couldn't. They had attended several churches in the area, but none of them fit with their beliefs, though they did make friends in the area that did share their religious views. Yeah, Sarah um, mentions in a couple of interviews and stuff how many churches they actually went to and that they just kept changing and couldn't decide on anything. They couldn't find anybody that they liked. And mm -hmm. that, I mean, there was no shortage of churches in that area of Idaho though. Like you go up there today and there is no shortage of churches yeah, so, up in that area. Yeah. So, okay. So again, to set the scene, 1983, Idaho, um, the Idaho had a population of 981,000 Bonner County where they moved to is about 25,000 for 1700 square miles. Wow. Right, so it's about it's about fifteen people per square mile, um, yeah, and it's mountainous. So that yeah. square mile is a yeah median median family income of twenty four thousand. Uh, it's considered to be like the edge of the modern civilization, right? So this yeah. is like like Spokane at the time was considered like the edge, and then, then they're like forty miles beyond the edge. Um. There's little government, and people were generally left to themselves because of this. The area attracted groups outside of normie society uh the aryan nation being one of such groups uh while the weavers reportedly felt sympathetic for the aryan nation cause they made a point of not joining the church one of randy's neighbors gene hopkins said that randy told him quote the place was full of crooks and convicts yeah it's well and remember this is the height of the the christian i, I think it's christian identity right movement yeah um where yes. it's christian identity has nothing to do with actual religion whatsoever um it it's this idea that like the chosen people spoken about um in uh like in the uh the bible is like white people yeah not anglo, jews anglo -Saxon. It's, yeah it's the it's the anglo whites is who it's talking about like that was definitely on the rise at the time that was a big big thing that was developing the, the late 80s um mid to late 80s into the 90s and that's kind of what was going on up there is you see a lot of you know that increase of of activity up there there's um was it the the Aryan nations world congress was happening up there regularly and being held up there um Pete yeah there's Peters, um yeah one, one of the guys yeah one of the guys owned 40 acres up there and they would have like an annual convention every year yeah i think that was Pete peters actually yeah that might have been Pete man peters. they must have really hated rap music like <laughs> yeah yeah quite a bit was, yeah. uh they were not Nin fans 1983 i mean rap music was barely a thing anyway oh yeah for the, the most part by the time the 90s came around it was like 
That's culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that peaked with the chronic. That peaked with the chronic. After that, it's, uh, it's, uh, you uh, get to anything modern, and it's absolute dog uh, shit. But after Easy E died, it was all downhill from there. <laughs> well, that's because <laughs> that's because uh, <laughs> fucking what's his face stopped writing Easy E's raps. <laughs> fucking uh, goddamn. Ice Dr. Cube. Dre. Or Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. Yeah, yeah, he did too. Yeah, Ice Cube. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 1984, a neighbor who had a dispute with Randy over a land deal ended up in the Weaver's favor. As a result, the neighbor wrote letters to the FBI, Secret Service, and Boundary County Sheriffs alleging that Weaver had threatened to kill the president, the Pope, and the governor of Idaho. Who what does a piece of shit? Yeah, in, it's, it, yeah, in 1985, the Secret Service investigated the allegations. Secret Service had been told that Weaver was a member of the Aryan Nations that had a large cache of weapons in his cabin. After an interview with Randy and Vicky and a handful of federal agents and local law enforcement, no charges were filed. Uh, it was this incident with federal agents that initially led the Weavers to believe that the government was, quote, after them. That's according to, to Vicky's journal. Well, you notice also, too, that, like, these agents just went and, like, talked to them. Like, yeah. they just went up there and they went and said, hey, here's what's going on. And had a conversation, and look, they went, "Oh, these people aren't trying to kill the president or the pope mm -hmm. or anybody else." But they, this is they, ridiculous. So they say that, and then <laughs> in uh, late February 1985, this so this is this is after being talked to. Uh, Randy and Vicky filed an affidavit with the county courthouse, claiming that a certain neighbor was plotting to provoke the FBI into taking and attacking them and killing the Weaver family. Vicky oh, also stated, also started a letter writing campaign to various politicians, referring referring to them as quote the horse of Babylon, and the, servant, and the servants of Zog. If uh, you look, wrote, if you look at that envelope too, because there are photos out there of it, that envelope where it's dear whores of Babylon, it's absolutely. I'm like yes, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she she wrote she wrote letters about biblical prophecy, doomsday, and essentially told the government to leave her and her family alone. Yeah, I think right. I think it was right about that time too that I think uh, a woman rides the beast came out, uh, which is another book that I know they've mentioned. I've read it. I'm actually a big fan of a woman rides the beast, um, but that's also post or like well apocalyptic prophecy mm -hmm. and stuff with the Bible, um, and that one came out right about then too. And it, it specifically mentions the woman rides the beast is the whore of Babylon. It also mentions it's, it's called a city on seven hills. Fun fact. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> So I mean, kind of, kind of normal-ish. I mean, a little bit on the edge, Alex Jonesy-ish, right up to this point. Uh, 1986, uh, Randy is approached at a rally by undercover FB or ATF informant Kenneth Fatterly, uh, who used the biker alter ego of Gus Magazzano. Uh, he is currently monitoring and investigating Weaver's friend Frank Kumick. Farley introduced himself as an illegal firearms dealer from New Jersey. Uh, Randy later encounters Farley at the World Congress, the Aryan World Congress of 1987. Uh, Randy skipped 1988 Congress to run for the Bonner County Sheriff on a very based platform uh, rooted in posse comitatus ideas and he ended up losing. Yeah, uh, Randy actually said in an interview, he said um, that part of the reason that he ran for sheriff, one, is because he was like, because I need a job. Um, he actually yeah, said that on a local radio show. <laughs> Um, but he also said that part of it was that 
there was a guy that didn't live real far from them that uh, had gotten behind on his taxes and stuff, but had mm-hmm. he was like a veteran and everything else, and you know, had disabled, and and that's why he got behind on his taxes. And that they showed up and they seized his property and auctioned it off and auctioned all his property off and everything, and just left him destitute in the streets. And that he didn't want to see that happen. So like his platform when he ran for sheriff in '88 was um, all about all about localization and anti yeah localization and he he said i think i think the direct quote is i didn't want any of the feds to be coming in anymore and be hurting mm-hmm. people yeah that's what he said very yeah, very basic awesome. very basic platform yeah that that's pretty much what the the guy who lost the sheriff's race here in my county was running on too yeah that's what uh, uh aria damasio was running on too up there in new hampshire <laughs> that, that, was just the fan, that was fantastic. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> My son's in the chat. Uh, <sighs> anyone who's not familiar with Ari Damasa, she's a trans anarchist Satanist who ran and was able to get the uh, GOP. Republican, yeah, the Republican nomination for sheriff. Uh, <laughs> and then when people her actual campaign slogan was "fuck the police." Yeah, ACAB, <laughs> FTP. Yeah, and when people complained, she said, well, none of you paid any attention. I've never been quiet about what I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, a little background on uh, Kenneth Federley, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Gus Magazano, the, the ATF informant. Uh, he's a biker from New Jersey that had been busted by the ATF and turned into a snitch to avoid prison. He was embedded with the Aryan Nation posing as an underworld gun dealer. His cover was actually blown by Rico Valentino, a 300-pound former professional wrestler who taught martial arts to neo-Nazi skinheads, who was God, also a FBI. Who was also an FBI informant. Also, oh, oh my God! God. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. What? The uh, irony of the federal government's desire to obtain information within the Aryan nations uh, is such that different branches of law enforcement and intelligence gathering um, occupied five. Of the six key positions in the organization, I've seen yeah, this one the, recently uh, before. Yeah, I've, I've seen this. Yeah, doesn't that sound familiar? Uh, Whit- Whitmer, the Whitmer. Whit- <laughs> I, I, I think, something to do with yeah. a mitten. It might like have something to do with a mitten from the beginning. Yeah, yeah something with Michigan and and something. Yeah. Other. So, so yeah, was it's, it's on the was tip Ray, of my tongue. It's on was the tip Ray of my Epps, tongue. one of these organizers. <laughs> Ray Epps. I heard he beat his wife. <laughs> Five of the six key positions oh in the God. Aryan Nation at the time were held FBI. by state and local yeah. uh, informants. Nice. Yeah, and remember the Aryan the Aryan nations run for the most part kind of dictate to a lot of the lower various Aryan Brotherhood and Aryan whatever yeah, yeah. and white supremacy. So like five of the six top people in the racist world in America were feds <laughs> you're surprised feds are fed no. informants yeah I just i'm just pointing you go out to the, you go to the edge of modern society and you're surrounded by feds like what the fuck is <laughs> yeah. yeah what is the, the <laughs> most extreme people that we find are fucking feds well yeah and, yeah. and they're, they're outing each other like the, the yeah and they're the actually like you mean like detroit police informant, the atf <laughs> informant gets gets outed by the fbi informant I'm just like I'm just I said, you mean like the Detroit the, police? 
yeah. where the, the, <laughs> the one precinct shows up to bust a drug house that's run by that's another being precinct. run by the sheriff's yeah. department. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I'm just picturing the, the all of the Spider-Men pointing at each other yeah. 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 up on a mountain in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> that means like, maybe uh, we don't want to move to the readout, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, it's no, all overrun run by one. feds. It means that out of the six of us here, five of us are feds. Like, <laughs> this if podcast Michigan, just got weird. I was gonna say, in Michigan, Brandon bring V Ohio, nineteen sixty. How do you guys feel about uh, white supremacy? <laughs> How do you guys feel about drilling the third hole? Just question. <laughs> How do you, you guys use know how to 3D videos? print guns? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I notice you're not wearing so, level four blades. What's up? <laughs> so I noticed like that there dogs? were five Ender threes outside your house. Is there a reason? <laughs> how do you do, fellow anti-government people? I have recently come into possession of a large amount of explosives. What shall I do? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, the Irish guy. <laughs> Everybody always suspects the Irish. No, you got to suspect the person that calls out the Irish. Yeah. That's Everyone true. knows the Irish. Never <laughs> Me Irish. thinketh thou protestest too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so during this time, 1986, 1989, the Weavers were hard pressed for money. Randy was cutting and selling firewood and doing old, odd jobs uh, to make what he could when he could. So when Gus approached Randy in October 1989, saying that he had people who would pay for a sawed-up shotgun, Randy being hard up for money, uh, agreed. The deal was two short barrel shotguns for $300. I thought it was $500. Was it $300? $300. Okay. I think uh, he says in an interview with um, Redoubt News, I think he claims that it was $500, but... Well, yeah, either way. either way. He also says that he did such a good job on it that he was pretty sure that one of the feds, when he was getting a ride after the siege, was probably carrying one of the ones that he made. He was almost certain that it was actually one of the ones that he'd done. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wouldn't be surprised. So, let's well, see, they uh, are exempt. I mean, you know. Two SBS for 300. Uh, according to the testimony at the trial, about a week after meeting Randy, or about a, me- a week after the meeting, Randy pulled up his pickup next to Gus's car, pulled out a Remington punch pump, Remington pump action shotgun from a case. Gus touched the barrel at about the 13-inch point, saying, "About here, right? That that's a, you know, at, at the trial." Yeah, yeah. Uh, Randy disputes this, saying that the shotguns he sold fairly were entirely legal and shortened after the fact. Yeah. Right. So he cut them down to six. He cut them down to sixteen, and and then they cut them shorter. That. Yeah, but things that he said since then, um, in the interest of fairness, he has proudly said, "Oh, I definitely cut them short." Hold on, hold on, Uh, hold on, hold on. on. (laughs) The notes from the case, right? So the the case notes showed that um, uh, federally purchased the guns. And then showed Randy where to shorten them. The definition which, which is tec- of fucking which is entrapment. technically entrapment. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But. Well, that would explain why you know all the charges never stuck. Yeah. yeah. He was so, specifically um, asked to do an illegal act by a federal agent. Yes. That is the definition oh. of entrapment. They can lie to you 
They can do a whole bunch of shit, but what they cannot do is instigate illegal activity. Yeah, so, okay, um, the real purpose of the investigation was not to grab Randy, but it was to use him to infiltrate, infiltrate a group in Montana being organized by Charles Holworth. Charles Holworth was forming a uh, militia group in Moxon, Montana. It's about 60 miles southeast of Naples, alongside uh, John Trotman and his brother David. Uh, in, in November 1989, Randy refused to introduce Fairley Haworth, and Fairley was ordered by his handlers to have no further contact with Weaver. Okay. Hmm. Uh, in June 1990, uh, after Fairley's cover was blown again by the aforementioned Rico Valiente, a 300-pound former professional wrestler who taught martial arts to you know, Nazi skinheads and was an FBI informant, I just oh, have yeah. to I have to throw that out there again because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the FBI reached out to Randy, uh, stating that they had evidence he was dealing illegal firearms. They told him that they would drop all the charges if he agreed to become their new informant uh, in the investigation to the Area Nations group in the area. Randy uh, is quoted as telling them to go to hell. That was right. Randy ain't no bitch. He ain't no. No bitch. Mama didn't raise no, no bitch. bitch. Ain't no shirker. So uh, uh, December night sink ships. Yes. Right. So that was that was in June. In June, Federley's cover was blown, and then they asked Randy. Uh, in December 1990, so this is like a full year after after cutting off cutting them off. Um, the feds indicted Randy on federal firearms charges. So rather than confront Randy at his property, the feds created a, a, a setup. Randy and Vicky were driving down the road leading from their property uh, and saw a pickup parked blocking the bridge with the hood up. A man and woman were standing looking at the engine. The weaver stopped, you know, being neighborly, um, and they were soon surrounded by ATF agents who sprung out of the back's camper shell. The feds told Randy that they would drop all the charges if he became a snitch, and he again refused. So Randy yeah, was arrested. Be, it should be noted there too that the kids were in the vehicle at yeah. the time and had automatic weapons pointed at them by the federal agents and yes. told to stay where they were. So and watched um, their parents be thrown, physically thrown to the ground. Yeah. So nobody Randy creates more anarchists than government. Yeah. So Rand, right. Randy but was I mean, like they just got out to help people. They're not armed. They're not anything, and they get yep. thrown right to the ground. Yeah. So Randy was arrested on the spot taken to the Boundary County Jail where he, he had to post a $10,000 bond using his property, that's the, the 20 acres, as collateral and returned home to the cabin. At the time Randy was released, uh, the judge told him that if he didn't answer for the charges, uh, not only would his bail be forfeit, but he would lose his property. Yeah, they, they basically like shoved um, paperwork for a property bond in front of him and said if you don't sign this you're not going to leave and vicky was like just sign it it'll be fine yeah. just sign it they and stacked so, stacked the deck against him yeah right kind so, of like saint hemeyer yes so when randy was released a court set his trial to begin in february 19 1991 after he was released the court date was rescheduled for february 20th uh, instead, however, a letter sent to Weaver by the probation officer listed the date as March 20th. Yeah, it said, like, I'll see you on the 20th or something, or yeah. March 20th it is what it said. Yes. Um, 
Vicky wrote a letter to the U.S. attorney in Idaho addressed in the letter as the servant of the Queen of Babylon, uh, <laughs> promising that they, quote, that they, quote, will oh, not woman. bow to your evil commandments, uh, whether we live or die. Randy, Randy would later say at his trial um, that he believed the date mix-up uh, was deliberate. Yeah, Vicky well, was a real people, one. Though. Yeah, like let's be one. honest, like Vicky yeah. was a real one. <laughs> literally, what a literally, woman. Ride or rider. die, bro. L literally. On, on yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, she was. Yeah. She was. Yeah. She was intense, man. She was definitely intense. The thing she might is, be more too, radical than Randy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, oh, definitely. Yeah, was. Without, I think, without Vicky, um, Randy would not. They they would never be in this position. Yeah. Yeah, because you get right. She, but again, again, she's not. She's not hurting anybody, right? She's on top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere. She hasn't, like, committed any real crimes. She just wrote to some letters to some people, calling them whores. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, and she. Well, she to be fair, too, most of them are. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. she, she, yeah, well, they are. Uh, she largely too. She also, you know, kind of got Randy involved in the Pentecostal movement in Iowa and stuff, which is what kind of started this road. Yo, have you ever attended um, a Pentecostal church? Unfortunately, inadvertently, once. Um, I, I've been fortunate exactly to one time. I've been. I was I've like, been to a few. Oh. Um, and does it, uh, does it burn when you walk across? Interesting. Oh, dude, I'm not a, like I'm not allowed in most uh, churches. Like I just like right when I, I start steaming, like it gets hot for me. While everybody else, everybody else is like, "Oh, it's cold, it's church," and I'm just like, "I'm sweating. I don't know one what's of, happening here." It's one of my it's friends like happens omen. to be. It's a precursor. An yep. Andrew is his Andrew, own minister. Andrew's an ordained minister. <laughs> nice. I, I am too. That's how I wrote, wrote my me own too. religious exemption for work. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> the internet's full of wondrous things. Uh, uh, but... but yeah, I uh, I can remember one time a friend of mine who's actually the pastor we used to go to. I walked in and he he sprayed me with holy water. It was like I just checking. <laughs> you know what yeah, I've dude. always wanted to do is they make those black bath bombs, and I've always thought oh. if you're just about to get <laughs> baptized and just <laughs> stuck one in your pocket. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude, I, I get, just, I get, I get hot going in the church, bro. Like, I don't know what jump, it is. I cross the jump, jump across that frame, and I'm yeah. like, Woo. jump in the bath. It's a little warm uh, baptism, baptism tank with like a, a battery powered toaster. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just, I just, you know, all I can think of is like, and you know, and I'm even a Christian. All I can think of is just, man, that would be funny. Just like as soon as you go in, just black <laughs> or like blood red or something. Black, no. just black bubbling. Up as you're in the water, yeah. I just think it, I think it would be great. Um, but that's <laughs> and he just starts. Uh, I'm gonna do that if if I ever have a kid. I'm just gonna slip it in there while like nobody's watching, so the priest just has a fucking heart attack. There's like, like, sure the, the 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 all black sclera contact lenses. Yeah, yeah. just slip those in real quick and start just speaking gibberish. It sounds vaguely Latin. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, Start man. singing. This is gonna be out. so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you're the whore. You're the whore. whores Vicky warned us about. Okay, fill yeah. out. <laughs> Y'all gonna make typo have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor little typo. 
So they're both going to have nightmares. They're both little kids as far as I'm concerned. Are you kidding me? You guys went in. I was out for half a decade by the time you went in. So, like. <laughs> I had been out for at least a decade by the time they went in. Yeah, like, Jesus, dude. I'm, a, I'm okay with that. I'm it's a young man's game. You, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so February 20th uh, came and went with no appearance by Randy. Uh, so the feds issued a new warrant for his arrest for failure to appear in court. Knowing that the Weavers owned several guns, had made violent threats in the past, had associations with known extremist groups, and that Vicky had notoriously sent angry letters to the government for years, the ATF decided that capturing Randy was beyond the resources, so the U.S. Marshal Service was tasked with bringing him in. Which is utterly ridiculous when you hear what the marshal, the head marshal, had to say about it. Yeah, utterly fucking. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, U.S. Marshal Service the wanted to allow Weaver the chance to appear what he thought was the uh, his court date in March twentieth, uh, but the United States Attorney's Office rejected that and sought a grand jury indictment on March fourteenth, six days before his notice that he was doing. See, court. Well, and that's oh the problem right God, there, right? Dude. Like, like that's the shit where it's like it. We're already to the point. All right, February twentieth has already passed, right? Like it's already yeah. gone and done with. You're mad that this person didn't appear in court. I understand that in the place that we live in, like you have to appear for court. I understand. I get it. But when it's gone and talked to, and he tells you, "Well, this is what I have. This is what I've received, and this is why I wasn't there on February twentieth, or however it happened." They I say he, they knew- didn't talk to him though. They talked to his PO. Who told yep. them? Oh, I told him I messed day. up. He yeah, had March no yeah. Phone. Okay, they never so went even, and talked to him. So right there, right there, then it should have been okay. Well, then he comes. It's four days from now. He comes in then, and you just do it. Like it's it's not that big of a fucking deal. Like it's like he come on, knowledge of it. Exactly. They that's wanted not, to hang him though. That, that's what this yeah, whole again, thing is about. Again, no, well, absolutely, again. absolutely. Randy, Randy and, and Vicky were convinced that the date mix up. Uh, was, was on, on purpose. purpose. Yeah. yeah well, oh, it absolutely had to have been. If you ever see an interview with the the head uh, marshal who was there, he talked about the fact that he didn't see any reason to go after Randy. That he was just like, I talked to everybody in the area, and they all said, "Well, just let him come in when he when he thought he was supposed to come in." But if you try to go in there and go after him. He is going to fight you to the death. So just let him show up and it'll be fine. And that's what everyone told him is just let him show up and it'll be fine. And the marshal straight up said he told everybody, hey, look, why are we even going after this guy? Does he make sense? Let's just wait for him to come to us. The worst worst part is it's not like Randy Weaver is holding the one position. They don't have an FBI informant in on the Aryan Nations. Um, he's not even right. a part of it, so it's like, what is for six? Yeah, like, it, the biggest, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And this he's is the sixth probably, guy in charge, damn it, that we don't yeah. have as an informant. And he's not, and, he's not even the sixth guy, like, that's the point. Is like, he's, he's not just some outlier, yeah, he's, he's an outlier that's not even a part of it because he was like, eh, I don't yeah. really agree with everything the, that they, they say. They, they, they all, only want him because their informant was outed by the FBI's informant. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and they it, wanted him for that. And it's just, and now you're going to, you're going to go after everything. One day and like, okay, we're going to choose him. Yeah. 
It's just yeah. It's well, okay. they were gonna choose. They wanted to choose him because they already entrapped his ass. Yeah. Well, yeah. the funny yeah. thing is too is with the interview with the that I saw with the head uh, marshal, he also the way he talks where he's like whether they're guilty or not, we're assigned to go after them. The way he constantly references whether they're guilty or not. Mm-hmm. I think that the head marshal also didn't think he was actually guilty. Yeah. And was yeah. like, this is bullshit. Why are we doing yeah. this? Yeah. People will do that a lot. You'll see, you'll see people in those positions that are, uh, you know, have the, like, I guess the empathy, somewhat of an empathy towards the people mm-hmm. or the things that are happening that they'll say they things very anyway. specifically. They will do it anyway. I'm not saying that they're right. I'm just saying that you'll see them disagree in their own way. And they will say things very specifically like well, that. Well, yeah. it's it's like those cops. Uh, we had talked about it in our uh, Telegram chat. The cops that said, well, we didn't want to shut down the lemonade stand, but right. we had to. Yeah, the little girl's lemonade it. stand that they yeah. shut down. Yeah. Oh, well, we didn't want to, but, you know, the law is the law. That's the definition of evil. The cop that was held from going, out, going in for his wife. Mm-hmm. Or the or the like cops or the cops that tase the cops that tase and arrest three parents in Arizona, when when their when that school got locked down, the three parents tried to get yep. into the school yeah. to, to right after Uvalde. Yep. Yeah. 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 But uh, let's see. Grand jury March 14th, six days before the notice was due in court. Uh, when word of this reached the Weavers, uh, who were already skeptical of the Feds and the repeated strong arm tactics, both Randy and Vicky saw this as further evidence that Randy would not receive a fair trial. So they increasingly isolated themselves on their property and vowed to fight rather than surrender peacefully. Uh, this created a kind of hands-off standoff uh, situation. Well, yeah, right. and that's so the is... kind of thing that you've created. I mean, you've clearly indicated to them that a day in court is meaningless, what? that you're just going to manipulate things. So, Right. What, what, what's the date that this is happening? Uh, this, so this was uh, March 14th, 1991. Okay. Right, so so this so this is middle days. middle middle of March, nineteen ninety one. Um, uh, during the hands off, uh, during the I call it the hands off standoff, uh, the household grew with a delivery of the baby girl named Elishaba. So in addition to Elishaba, there was Sarah, who is now fifteen, Randy thirteen, or I'm sorry, Sammy thirteen, or Rachel nine, and then also family friend Kevin Harris. Kevin where Kevin Harris was a local kid. Um, who came from a broken home. So he would, he would stay with the Weavers for months at a time and, and, and go back and forth. Um, so 1991, Rand, or uh, Kevin Harris would have been like 24. Right? He, was, he was 25 okay. Okay. When, when everything went down. Relentlessly good guy, too. Like yes. relentlessly to the point that in the aftermath, like he straight up told the jurors, like if you're going to convict anybody, just convict me. It was all my idea. It's all me. Yeah. Leave yeah. Randy alone. Yeah, so this so that's uh, uh, March 1991. Uh, so by early 1992, the standoff at Ruby Ridge uh, had a, started to attract national notoriety. Uh, press figures ranging from Geraldo Rivera to reporters from the Los Angeles Times requested interviews with the Weavers, uh, but the only reporter they agreed to talk to wrote for a small weekly paper in Bonner's Ferry, Bonner's Ferry's in, in uh, that county. Uh, an interview the Weavers claimed. Uh, not to be Aryan or Nazis, just people that came to Idaho, quote, to escape religious persecution. Uh, Vicky said, quote, there's nowhere left to escape our lawless rulers. Oh, uh, boring sandwich in the chat 
points out March 3rd, 1991 was when Rodney King happened for a little national context here. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so the, it, were it you was, even it was, alive yet? So it was, no. it was looked at like the Weavers <laughs> were making the federal government look weak and silly, and pressure was mounting on the Marshals Service to do something. Yeah, who still didn't want to do anything because, like I said, the, the head marshal was like, we, we can just wait for him to show. Like, if you just talk to him, like, I don't know why we're doing this. That's yep. Okay. So, no, so the, the federal government wasn't doing nothing during this time, right? So, between March 1991 and early 1992, the, the federal government, um, they were doing things, right? Leading up to, to August 21st. So, during the 18 month uh, handoff standoff, uh, the U.S. Marshal Service surveyed the Weaver's cabin and land. David Nevin, a lawyer involved in the, the court case, noted, quote, the marshals called in military aerial reconnaissance and had videos studied by the Defense Mapping Agency. They prowled the, prowled the woods around the Weaver cabin with night vision equipment. They had psychological profiles performed and installed 130,000, that's 1992 money, so it's like 282,000 now, worth of long-range solar-powered spy cameras. They intercepted the Weaver's mail. They even knew the menstrual cycles of Weaver's teenage daughters and planned an arrest scenario around them. That's they how actually, close they were watching them. At, at one point in time, they actually bought a track of land next to the Weaver's cabin where an undercover marshal posed as a neighbor and built a cabin in hopes of befriending uh, Weaver and luring him away. Although the Weaver, although the marshals knew Weaver's precise location throughout this entire investigation, not a single marshal ever came face to face with Randy Weaver. Yeah, all this, the, all, the, again, all this. All this despite the fact that the ATF had initially served Weaver his warrant without encountering violence. That's the the, the road the roadside stop. Uh, according to several reports, uh, the U.S. Marshals Service thought it was thought it was up against Rambo instead of poor homesteaders who just wanted to be left alone. Right. The the remember that the the head marshal he interviewed and I've actually seen the notebook that like he where he was taking notes and there's he's got names of neighbors and people in stores yeah nearby the uh, the law and... the law library the law library you can look up the case uh and it is a very very thick file there it is, is extremely lot. yes um but you can actually see where he the the head marshal took notes um of interviews with people in the area and every single one of them said randy isn't is a peaceful guy he doesn't want to fight with anybody he doesn't want a confrontation but if you go in there at like guns blazing all out like tactical insertion kind of thing <laughs> he's going to fight you to the death like you need to right. go in there right and instead of taking what the marshal wrote down and what he said and then looking at it and going oh so we just need to send one guy up there the feds went oh so that means that this guy is a crazed extremist violent dude who's armed to the teeth and he's gonna kill us all if we try to come in there that's how they read that which is what a waste well, of resources. i mean when well, not only a waste of resources but it just hammers home the point pun intended that when everything when the only tool you're given is a hammer everything is a nail mm -hmm. So, and, and this is 400 this, ages. This, yeah, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that. This this is 1992. Like even even in 2022, 
that is a ridiculous amount of resources spent mm-hmm. on a failure mm-hmm. to appear. Well, and there's some names associated with it that you might recognize, like uh, Barr. And uh, yeah, William, Barr, <laughs> William Barr was the special lawyer for the FBI at the time. He's actually the one that helped get Lon Harashi or uh, uh, Harashi out of Lon jail. Lon Harashi out. Yep. yep. Uh, that is Donald. That was Donald Trump's attorney general. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll we'll also recognize it's one big party, and yeah. you're not I got a bunch. Of, I got a bunch of. I got a bunch of notes still. We'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. But there's oh. there's a lot of names that are going to sound real familiar uh, yes. for current things. Uh, to okay. You as we go through this. Okay. So uh, April twenty first, nineteen ninety two. That is. 30 years ago today, uh, April 21st, 1992, uh, six U.S. Marshals, that is members of the United States Marshals Special Operations Group. The Special Operations Group is actually uh, the oldest federal tactical force in the United States. Oh, put that out there. Well, that was formed in what, like the night, like 1920 something? Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was the original group that like went after like Machine Gun Kelly and Babyface yeah, yeah. Nelson. And was that for like that. the mobs too? Or no? Yeah, yeah that was specifically yep. for the mob. Yeah, like that's that's the group, like that group was the group that Herbert Hoover specifically set up to go murder all of the people who were the, the modern day outlaws yeah. okay. uh, during right. Prohibition. All right, so uh, six U.S. Marshals uh, outfitted uh, full camouflage painted faces. They entered the Weaver's property. They carried automatic weapons. Uh, they had been told to avoid contact with the Weavers, but uh, they visited a shooting range the night before deciding their weapons. Okay. Uh, the Marshal split into two teams. Uh, Marshal William Deegan, Larry Cooper, and Art Roderick comprised the forward team. David Hunt, Larry Thomas, and an EMT named Frank Norris uh, formed the other. It was Deputy Marshal Arthur Roderick's 24th visit to the cabin. 24th visit to the cabin. And it should be noted that William, what's his, uh, what was his last name? William um, Deegan. Deegan uh, was, at the time, the single most highly decorated uh, officer yeah. Uh, in, yeah, in the, the Marshal's history. They brought out the big guns for yeah. Randy Weaver. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, so uh, Randy, his 14-year-old son, Sammy, Sammy, or, or Sammy, just for context, Sammy wasn't a, a big 14-year-old, right? He, he was, he was, he was kind of sickly. He was like four foot 10, like 85 pounds. Not yeah. When you see him and you hear that. Quick, he's... I'll be right back. I need to go and take care of uh anarcho baby yeah, here. You don't have to let us know. Mm. Just go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the the um, the pictures of him. When you hear that he was fourteen, and you look at some he of the not, photos, he does not look like a fourteen he, year old. He does not look like a fourteen year old. He's real small. Yeah, so, real small. So Randy, uh, Sammy, and Kevin Harris, and the family dog Striker, they were out walking the property uh, at the same time that the marshals came on. Uh, the forward team, that is uh, uh, Deegan, Cooper, and Roderick. Um, they took a position in, uh, by some big rocks that marked the edge of the Weaver's property uh, near where the cabin was built. According to trial testimony by Roderick, uh, the marshals began throwing pebbles, quote, to see if they could get the dog's attention. 
Stryker uh, reacted to these and began barking and ran in the direction of the marshals. That poor dog. This the is marshals, like the stupidest thing ever. Like, oh, I want to see if there's a reaction so we can let everybody know that. Yeah, I think there was, there was like, there was three or four dogs on the property. Right? There was like, yep. Stryker, and there's a couple other dogs, but yeah. Um, yeah. They're, well, I think their idea tactically, their idea was we're going to throw rocks near the dogs. So, and in, in the woods around the dogs, where the dogs are, to see it, how, what their reaction is to yeah. hearing things moving, yeah, the, how the, much a reaction can the, the dog The dogs were their early warning system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they so, did. That is why cops hate fucking dogs, is because so, yeah. they why tell they us when them. they're showing up. Yeah, so, um, uh, Stryker sensed. Our striker, strikers reacted reacted to this, began barking, ran in the direction of the marshals. The marshals panicked and hot-footed down the hill. They regrouped at a Y section of a trail and an old logging road that so, went through the property. To recap, they intentionally antagonize a dog. The dog reacts. They go, oh, God, run away from the dog that obviously <laughs> was going to react and then decide to regroup on a confluence of trails. Yeah. The most Fuck. tactically sound <laughs> plan ever made. Yeah. <laughs> totally tactical. Um, so Harris uh, Harris said that they followed Stryker down the hill in hopes of getting a shot at deer. That's um, Kevin Harris and Sammy. Um Kevin Harris was carrying Sarah a 30 also ox. said that that's what she thought Stryker was going after was a yeah. deer. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Harris was carrying a 30 6 bolt action rifle. Sammy had a 223 Mini 14. Yep, Ruger Mini 14. Uh, I, I think he actually had the one that had the collapsing stock, if I remember right, too. Is the one I think so, too. Yeah. Um, there's, if you look at the photos in the aftermath, they show his arsenal. And um, one of them is a collapsing stock Ruger Mini 14. There's also a fixed stock Ruger Mini yeah. 14. Yeah. Um, Randy was carrying a 12 gauge, and he headed down a different trail uh, that paralleled what Sammy and Kevin had headed down. Okay. So Randy beats them down to the hill, uh, to the Y section, uh, and in his words, quote. When I reached the first fork of the logging road, a very, very well camouflaged person yelled, freeze, Randy. I immediately said, fuck you, and retreated 80 to 100 feet towards home. I realized immediately that I had run smack into a Zog New World Order ambush. So Randy runs something, up the hill, yelling. Yeah, yelling something he then communicates to the yeah. other two. Yeah, he says, get back to the house. It's yeah. an ambush. Is what yeah. he yells. So, so as Randy is yelling and running back up the hill on his trail, Kevin and Sammy come around the corner and run uh, to the bend of the trail they're on, uh, just in time to see Stryker barking at a camo camoed out dude with a suppressed MP5. When you have to remember too, like I, if you see the property there, um, the way the trail comes is it comes down a hill and it makes a slight left-hand bend, and there's a lot of trees, and then all of a sudden it forks um, right at the bottom as it kind of it comes back up a little bit. And right there is where this unit is. So Randy's come down this way, and he's yelling back to them, get back to the house, boys, it's an ambush. Well, they're already running, thinking they're running after a deer, running downhill, 
you can't stop on a dime and yeah. change directions when you're coming down that steep a hill and striker's already there um he was a was he a golden retriever no he was a, like yellow, a yellow, yellow lab, lab. Yellow lab. Yellow lab. yeah so he's a yellow lab and he's now barking right at these dudes standing in the open trail like a bunch of fucktards <laughs> yeah uh, Kevin Harris actually said, if you read uh, Kevin Harris's uh, trial testimony, which I actually have in the notes on the YouTube, um, he said that that striker was jumping around happily, like just jumping in and out playing mm -hmm. with this guy. And well, uh, yeah, um, Sarah, Sarah had, has said multiple times that striker was and Randy has said as well that striker was the kind of dog that would run up to people and just be like, oh, boy, who are you? Who are you? Oh, boy. Hey, how are you yeah. doing? It sounds like so, a lab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so exactly. there's some, there's some, there's some, he said, she said, uh, to the incident, the why, as it's known. Um, uh, so Marshall Roderick shot the dog. According to Kevin Harris, uh, Marshall Roderick shot the dog, killing striker. Sammy yells, you killed my dog. You son of a bitch. Raises his M14 and takes a couple shots. At Roderick, something that Randy also testified to the same oh, thing that he heard yeah. the exact same. And then, um, <sighs> you killed my dog, son of a bitch, shoot, and and fires a couple shots at the man, uh, and then turns around and starts running back up the hill, yelling, uh, "I'm coming, Dad." At that time, Marshall Deegan stands up and opens fire on the retreating Sammy Harris, zipped him in the back with an MP5. Yep, and it, it should be mentioned too, like if you see pictures of Stryker, Stryker took a single gunshot wound just behind the head to the upper neck at point blank. Was, there is a there is shot. a yeah. yeah, there is a halo around it, which means it was basically contact with the barrel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So oh. that dog is immediately next to this marshal. He pushes the barrel to the dog and fires. Yeah. And the like dog is not cock. facing him. Yeah, the dog yeah. is not facing him. The dog is facing away from him, so clearly not a threat. And he just fires and shoots the dog. So, um, one of the bullets uh, hit the stock of the, the pistol, or the, the stock of the rifle, and nearly severs Sam's arm. A second bullet enters his back, killing him. Kevin Harris testified, quote, uh, I heard a dull hissing sound, and right away I heard Sam yelp. It was the kind of sound you'd make if you were slugged in the chest with a fist. I didn't hear anything from Sam after that. Kevin Harris then uh, shoulders his rifle and fires around, killing Marshall Deegan. Deegan's the one that just killed Sam. Allegedly. Uh, yes. Allegedly, because the ballistics after the fact went back and looked and uh the there is a significant amount of evidence that the rounds that hit him and rounds plural mm -hmm. and it should be known kevin harris is carrying a bolt action rifle the rounds that hit him are nine millimeter pistol rounds yeah mp from the mp5 yeah from an mp5 only one set of people were carrying something in nine millimeter yeah. there oh. and it was the marshal's not so, the weavers would the speculation be that another fed killed him for killing sammy 
No, the, the speculation is that the other Fed in the process of trying to possibly shoot at Sammy just rips out oh, a couple rounds and hits hit. the guy in the back because yeah. also almost immediately after this engagement, crackling over the radio per the, the marshals were there, he hears Billy's down, Billy's down instantly after this. Now, why the hell would that guy, that other marshal, have moved up to him that quickly mm -hmm. immediately after they took fire like that? Unless he knew it was safe because the person that that guy took fire from wasn't the other people. It was himself. Yeah. yeah so He knew he shot him in the back. So uh, Kevin Harris shouldered his rifle, fire, fire, <laughs> fires a round, killing Marshal Deegan. Uh, Kevin claimed that he fired to protect Sammy. Again, this this is the, from Kevin's testimony. Quote: Then this person jumped into the road and said, "U.S. Marshals, U.S. Marshals." This was the first time I had heard anyone identify themselves. Uh, Kevin then turns and runs into the woods and makes his way back up to the cabin, uh, where he greets Randy and has to tell Vicky and Randy that Sam is dead. The marshals, One of my favorite things. marshals jump on the radio. Uh, you know, Billy's down, Billy's down, and then they hot foot down uh, to the bottom of the hill and jump on the radio. One of my favorite things, actually, jump on the telephone. Um, but telephone, one of my favorite yeah. things about this is that in the court uh, hearings, when asked, like, can you give us a seat, you know, what everybody said back and forth, every single one of the marshals goes through everything and doesn't mention ever identifying themselves. None yeah, of them ever no, no, says, no, no, no. and then we said, we're U.S. Yeah. Marshals. None of them says that in their initial testimony. Yeah, yeah. Federal, federal agents testified in court, that, that's afterwards, that they identified themselves first, that Sammy then shot, killing Deegan, and then federal agents uh, speculated that, that Samuel Weaver was shot by his father or by Kevin Harris during the flurry of gunfire yeah well see yeah they, and then they were they're also they're also unable to explain how it was that martian marshall deegan had fired seven shots from his gun before he was shot during cross-examination they also claimed that they had no clue sammy had been killed until his body was discovered uh in the weaver shed a couple days later which is interesting because during the co news coverage on the first day they mentioned second, that two day, people second. had been killed. Second day, they mentioned. They well, mentioned, second day, uh, they, yeah, Sam they mentioned before they had gotten to the shed. Though they mentioned that two well, people I mean, had been killed. Sam, Green, Sam Weaver, uh, Sam Weaver was it. Sam Weaver was was laying there, right? Kevin Harris took off. Sam Weaver was laying there. They're dead, and then the marshals left. So the marshals yeah. were there with Sam's body. Right, so they knew full well that they knew he was that gone. he was yeah. dead. Yeah, they knew he was dead. They even admitted on on national news, uh, the second day of everything, like so, the day after this happens, um, they also. Um, so what happens is the the U.S. marshal, the head U.S. marshal, he runs back down the mountain. He gets to a payphone that's on the side of the road. He makes a phone call. Says this is Marshal. I don't remember his name. Um, we got Arthur, an Arthur officer, Roderick. Arthur Roderick. Yeah, Roderick, uh, we have uh, U.S. Marshals. We have uh, Marshal Down. We need as much help as possible. Send everybody you can. Bro, so he made phone calls to Washington, D.C., explaining that the Marshals had been ambushed and fired upon. 
Ambush Mil- my ass. Military equipment and federal agents began congregating almost immediately. The FBI assembled its hostage rescue team led by Richard Rogers. Uh, federal agents were called from regional offices. The Idaho National Guard was called up to offer support. Uh, and before the end of the day, Governor Cecil Andres of Idaho had declared a state of emergency. Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. Here's there uh, failure to appear. There are failure to appear. I got, I got another some fun fact famous right here. shots, some famous shots of, of, the, of uh, the... somebody wearing a T-shirt that I really, really wish I could get. That's like 400 federal agents, like four APCs, six helicopters, blah, 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 for one man. For one man, yeah. Uh, in 1996, uh, Bonner County Sheriff Greg Sprugel led a five-week search near the Weaver's cabin, turned up several dozen pieces of new evidence, including a bullet in a tree, that was tested by an Arizona ballistic expert who said that they found trace evidence to prove that it was the same one that hit and passed through Sammy Weaver. It was also confirmed that that bullet came from Marshall Deegan's firearm. What Wait, a so this is so this is this is 1996. So this happens 1992, 1996. Yeah. It's confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so got, the, got, the general story. There's more is, on that. There's more on that later, but yeah. Yeah. yeah the the bullet basically embeds in a tree and packed between yeah. the tree and the front of the bullet that flattens is like bits of him and his clothing. Yeah. Stuck so, there um, fine. That afternoon, Randy walks down the hill uh, to recover his son's body from the trail. Uh, Randy and Vicky clean Sam's body, uh, wrap it and place it in the shed. Okay. Um, uh, Richard Rogers. He's the head of the FBI HRT. While flying from D.C. to Idaho that evening, uh, Rogers uh, alters the rules of engagement and receives approval from the FBI higher-ups. The altered rules of engagement. Um, If any adult male is observed with a weapon prior to the announcement, uh, deadly force can and should be employed. If a shot can be taken without endur- uh, endangering any children, should be employed, can and should be employed. Um, if any adult in the compound is observed with the weapon after the surrender announcement is made, and it is not attempting to surrender, deadly force can and should be employed to neutralize the individual. That's 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 not good ROE. Uh, if yeah, this was also. It should be noted that this was already established as illegal under federal statutes for them to alter. I was, it was completely it was completely against FBI policy, and then, and then uh, uh, Senate hearing later, it's confirmed to be uh, unconstitutional. Um, if compromised by any any, any animal, particularly the dogs, uh, the animal should be eliminated. Uh, any subjects other than Randy Weaver, Vicky Weaver, Kevin Harris presenting threats of death or grievous bodily harm. The FBI rules of deadly force are in effect, meaning deadly force can be utilized to prevent death or grievous bodily injury to oneself or that of another. So that was that was approved by, by the uh, FBI higher-ups. Right. So, so my son... Less restrictive ROE than... You know, then soldiers then in actual combat. Yes, combat. Yeah. Who was yeah. who was the Absolutely. who was the person who uh, ultimately approved? Oh wait, I remember her name. Her name was Janet Reno. That might sound familiar. That name. Yes. Um, by sunrise of day two, 
there are about 400 state and federal agents staged in the clearing at the bottom of the hill. By the For end of one it, guy Sarah, who didn't show up to clear. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah um, will have said later that when she first saw it, she thought it was like something out of an army movie. Yes. Um, a small crowd of neighbors <laughs> and onlookers begins gathering at the roadblock on the bridge. Uh, as the day wore on, more arrived at the roadblock and uh, they started shouting at the cops and, and the military that were there. And you've all seen the footage. Yeah. There's some, yeah, some yeah. local, some local news was there. Um, uh, and there's then a the chick in, a, in a pink windbreaker who looks like she's ready to have an eyeball pop out of her head, screaming yes. at them. And so, uh... yeah. So on, on the hillside to the North, about 200 yards from the cabin, uh, Delta or Sierra four sniper team took positions. Uh, the team consisted of West Point graduate Lon Horiochi, the HRT's top sniper, and Dale Monroe, his spotter. I can't wait for that son of a bitch to die. I'm going to go find his grave oh, and piss we'll, on it. Oh, we'll, yeah. ne we'll never know. You will never know when he dies. Oh, yeah. No one's ever going to let that slip. No. Um, there's, there's one Dale, picture of him. There's one picture of yeah. him if you can find it, and you're not even sure if it's his. Yeah. Lon, Lon Horiochi is kind of a mystery. Dale, however... Dale has been interviewed um, mm -hmm. a couple of times. One of the interesting things that Dale said in an interview that I saw from him fairly recently um, was that he said that through the whole thing, all he really saw was mist and like fog and mm -hmm. unknown individuals moving from the house behind a tree to the shed, behind a tree, back to the house back yeah. and forth in mist and that there was no shot ever. Yeah. So um, at around 6 p.m. that evening, so this is day 6 p.m. day two, Randy, Kevin, and Sarah ventured out of the cabin to visit Sam's body in the shed. Randy and Kevin were carrying rifles, but Sarah was unarmed. So this is, this, again, this is, this is before the surrender notice went out, right? They, they, they have still not had any contact with Randy at all except for um, that one small face-to-face -face at the Y of the trail the previous day, right? That's it. Where so, he gave the right response. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Randy reached for the door of the shed, a shot rang out. The bullet ripped through the flesh under Randy's arm, and the three immediately began running towards the cabin. Sarah said in an interview with the Spokane Review, quote, I ran up to my dad and tried to shield him and push him towards the house. If they were going to shoot someone, I was going to make sure they shot a kid. Yeah, the the round that hit Randy, um, Sarah still has on her ranch in Montana, Yes, I believe. Um, up, she still has around. that shed. Um, she's She keeps it, she said, to, you know, as a memory of what they're capable yeah. of basically yeah, so um yeah. if you look at it and where the shed is and if you look at the photos of uh the the property you know because there's they took a ton of surveillance photos right, so, yeah. during that time you can see where they shot and it went through his arm and it exited through the side of the shed like it went into the door that it was, was, a, it was a three it way. was a 308 Yep, 308. Uh, Randy heavy, famously heavy quoted as saying it was a 308 match grade ammo, and he had a bull barrel. Yeah, it was. It, so. it, it, he's, he's an FBI sniper, right? Top sniper, right? And they're only 200 yards away. 
And he missed by that much. And he hits him in the arm. Yeah. So, um, Jesus, in the cabin... A, a regular yeah, in, infantry marine would be able to do better than that. <laughs> so, in the cabin... Vicky Iron hears, sights, baby. Yeah, Vicky hears the shot. Uh, she runs to the kitchen door with uh, her infant daughter, Elisha, in her arms and opens the door. All right, so she's so she's standing in the door uh, with the door behind her and then Lon Hirachi or Hirachi's behind that. Right, so he, he, he can see the door and then there's there's a glass pane at the top of the door that he right. can see. So if you're so if you're looking from the side, so house is here, right? And there's it's kind of flat and then you have a shed here. And then there's Hill, and up this way is where Lon is. He's yeah. just fired. He's hit from this angle. He's hit um, hit uh, Randy. And now she's standing here and yelling at them to get inside, get inside, get inside. Yeah. Yelling at them. Oh. So um, Hiroshi testified after, the, after shooting Weaver in the back. He followed Kevin Harris through his sight, leading slightly. He fired just as the man rushed through the door of the cabin. According to the New York Times, Horiuchi claimed that he could hit a target at the distance of 200 meters within a quarter of an inch. So he just said, he, quote, decided to neutralize that male and his rifle. Instead, the It should also be noted, too, that the, uh, the spotter has said in interviews that he watched people walking with, quote, assault weapons, end quote. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're talking about a pair, a pair of mini 14s, a bolt action 30 out six, a couple of lever action 22s, an M1 Garand. Like, this is what they're walking around with. Yeah. So uh, instead, the 308 hit Vicky in the temple, went through her mouth and tongue, through her jawbone, and severed her artery. The bullet then wounded Harris by passing through his arm and lodging in his chest. Uh, Vicky bled to death on the floor of the cabin while still holding uh, baby Elisheba. Yeah, so Horiuchi fires, and the round, it, it's as Vicky's starting to turn. So it enters here, it comes through, it exits here, continues onward. Harris is diving for the ground into the room. It comes through his arm and, and enters his chest yeah. and just misses his heart. Yeah, it comes to shot right there, man. Jesus. Yeah, only two, 200 yards with 308. No. Uh, you fired through the door without seeing what was on the other side of it at people who were fleeing and posed no threat. Uh, Horiuchi was also involved in the Waco siege. Uh, and Timothy McVeigh printed up cards for gun shows encouraging people to target him. Uh, McVeigh also <laughs> considered targeting Horiuchi and his family rather than the federal building. In it should also... In 1995, he pled the fifth when questioned about that matter before the United States Senate. It should also be noted that one of the uh, heads of the HRT at the time was still head of the HRT when Lavoie Finicum was attempted to be arrested. Yeah, in Oregon. Assassinated. Yeah. We're, let's yeah. call a spade a spade. He was assassinated. So, um, so side yep. note, 1997, same guys. 1997 Boundary County Prosecutor, Dennis Woodbury charged Horiuchi in state court with involuntary manslaughter over the killing of Vicki Weaver. The U.S. attorney, helped by William Barr, that's Trump's attorney general, William Barr, uh, filed a notice for removal of the case of federal court, which automatically took effect under the statute for removal of jurisdiction when the case was dismissed by U.S. District Judge. So, supremacy clause, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go into that. 
And then um, yeah, the, uh, that, the... that DA lost in the election and the new DA decided to withdraw the charges. Yep. The And it was, remember that that DA filed the charges because the uh, statute of limitations was coming up and they wanted to make sure they got it in yeah, so. before the end of the statute of limitations. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the Senate testimony on it is real entertaining, especially when, um, was it Green, right? Was the head of the FBI? Yep. Um, that was there uh when when green was was saying that you know and he's testifying the, the senate's asking him and actually uh uh mr law and order himself uh was a senator at the time who's part of that committee um what's his name uh thompson uh, fred thompson uh he he asks him point blank like well do you feel that those those uh rules of engagement directly led <laughs> to the death of vicky weaver and he goes well i mean you know uh those rules of engagement were approved at the uh highest levels yeah. well, what highest levels were that's... those uh well the highest levels i know of is his answer that's it yeah so that's always the that's always the answer though right it's like well they were approved or they were these I was are following orders yeah it, these it, are standard it practices yeah. of blah 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 that's how they yeah, do it yeah. every single time. It wasn't me. It was it that guy it, up there. Above me. Yeah. Yeah. It dumbs yeah. it down to I was following orders. I'm just, just following orders. Which yeah. didn't work at Nuremberg and it doesn't work now. It yeah. shouldn't yeah. work now. So the, the family, well, the family's now work. Yeah, the family's now thoroughly convinced that the governor's trying to kill them. Um so uh, because they, they, they cook it over. They essentially <laughs> crawled around on the floor to avoid the windows and stayed inside the house. Right. Uh Kevin Harris, who was uh injured by the bullet that went through Vicky. Was in so much pain that he begged Randy to shoot him. Uh, Randy finally told Kevin that he wasn't going to, and that if he wanted it to be done, he had to do it himself. He also gave him a bunch of pills that were uh, cayenne pepper to help yeah. reduce the <laughs> swelling. And Randy swears that it worked. I don't know if that's true. I'm kind of yeah. curious if that works. I've never yeah, so, done that myself. It, it at least made him not care whether or not he had the swelling because, you know. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> but Randy so, swore up and down to his dying day that that worked, man. So, I so in, uh, in 1998, Sarah co-wrote a book with her dad, Randy, called The Federal Siege at Ruby Ridge, in which she is quoted as saying, quote, I had to crawl through my mom's blood to the pantry to get food. We did not eat or drink much during that time. And at this point in time, it's important to note that the people crawling around on the floor in the cabin can hear federal agents talking that's, underneath them. I that's I was getting there. Let's well, just a just a just a side note: cayenne pepper <laughs> mm -hmm. can also help with pain and inflammation in joints and muscles. Capsaicin, as a topical capsaicin. agent, has capsaicin. been capsaicin. Uh, I'm a marine. Fuck you. Uh, well ability <laughs> to improve you blood flow you resulting you didn't, you didn't, you didn't hear him pronounce you know pronounce the word out he stole it and tried uh, reading it yeah. Now. Yeah. increased blood flow for providing uh, provides a source of healing nutrients to the tissue so maybe it does work yeah. you know so um well i mean turmeric works yeah, yeah so true. so on day day three they finally tried to to talk to the family um yeah, by after, coming on the, after people by, are already fucking dead by yeah. coming on the louds by coming on a bullhorn saying good morning miss weaver we had pancakes this morning what did you have for breakfast why don't you send your children up for some pancakes mrs weaver 
After you already fucking shot her in the head, she's, you dumb I mean, son of a bitch. She's, she's been sitting too. there yeah. a while, Dad. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Weavers interpreted the pancake idea as just a cruel joke. And at some point in time, the agents started um, crawling around under the cabin, removing anything that they thought might help the Weavers. <sighs> they also discovered Samuel's body in the shed and, and took that. And it was announced that night... Uh, that Samuel was killed along with Marshall Deegan. Uh, and Kevin Harris was immediately formally charged in federal court with the mur murder of Marshall Deegan. And Randy Weaver was charged with assaulting a federal officer. Randy, who didn't fire a single shot, and even the feds said shot. he didn't fire a shot. He hadn't fired a, a shot the entire time. Yeah. So. And, and ballistics reports on the dead federal agent indicate that he was killed by nine millimeter, not a 30 out six. But by Harris, yeah. So, uh, well, he, no, they, they determined that he was killed by the really yeah, the a, ballistics a, that came yeah. out determined he was killed by another one of the marshals. Yeah, yeah. That okay. Harris never shot anyone, that he just fired around wildly into the woods yeah. and hit so, a fucking um, pigeon for all we know. So, and, day, so days, days four, four through seven. I'm, I'm trying, we're running out of time. I'm trying to get quick. Days four through seven are pretty much the same. We're going to run long. More, more taunting by the negotiators on the bullhorn because they, they uh, again, um, this sounds uh, familiar. I've heard they, this before too. They, they don't. <laughs> when I did this, the taunting on the ball. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, still convinced that the government is trying had to gone much them, longer. They, they might've actually started yeah. a fire with CS gas. Uh, protesters yeah. at the gate estimated <laughs> to be around 200, uh, more national news is now at the scene. Um, let's see. At some point, a truck full of skinheads with guns and food got caught on a back road, trying to make it to the cabin. And uh, Bo Gritz shows up at the gate. Great. Bo Gritz was a, uh, a former uh, Green Beret. Uh, he was a prominent right-wing activist or viewist. Uh, and he was running for president of the United States on the Populist Party ticket under the slogan, God, Guns, and Grits. Yeah, great. Let's go, baby. Yeah, great. Hey, yeah, great. Like right. um, Bo Gritz was a he, – he was fifth special forces. He'd been a guy who had been involved in some really weird, like – uh, he also POW uh, stuff in Vietnam that was yeah. super strange. He he had been uh, pretty highly decorated, but the thing is, is that most of his medals. He also was involved in the recommendation for most of those medals. <laughs> John so, Kerry, like, yeah, technically he's got five silver stars, a soldier's medal, ten bronze stars, two purple hearts, twenty-six air medals, a distinguished cross. Jesus Christ! How does he uh, even flying cross uh, and two legions of merit? Damn. God damn, dude! Wow, it's fucking a regular Smedley Butler. God yeah, damn. he's he's a yeah he's a um oh what's his face the guy that played himself uh in the the movie to Hellenback um so. Honestly, yeah, just hearing just hearing okay. that that list of citations, Andrew. The only thing I can think of is the North Korean generals. <laughs> oh yeah, if you yeah, right. if you yeah. look at a picture of Bo Grites, like he'll wear his his uniform, and it's just medals, medals, medals. medals. Oh, he's got all the chess candy. Like if you look he's... at it, it's all the chess candy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it is ridiculous. But he was actually there's evidence that a lot of those medals were awarded for the same incident as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't have to tell that you guys kind of sus. that ain't something that's allowed. You yeah, you get yeah, one. Yeah. You get one. <laughs> you so. get one, and it's not even a cool one. Yep. That's the yeah. picture Where's I just this pulled. This guy. Up. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. Where's his pizza box, though, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> fucking boot. But All right. that's 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 Bo Greitz, though. He yeah, he was involved in um heavily involved in the the PW or POW MIA thing. Rack, rack, rack. Um, <laughs> he, he was actually arrested in Thailand multiple times because he was trying to run like covert private military missions to recover secret POWs. And I mean, he is yeah. weird. He is weird, man. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, a pillar of the hyper right community. Yeah. He was also, he also offered uh, to negotiate at Waco. Uh, and with the Montana Freeman. Hmm. Oh, there's a fucking story if you don't know who the Montana Freeman are. That's yeah, he's that's, he's that's, in his that's a whole either. other podcast and it's not a good one. But, <laughs> uh, so day eight, um, Bill Grice finally convinces the FBI to let him talk to the agent in charge, who uh, uh, convinces them to let him talk to Randy. Randy says he's not ready to leave, but he agrees to talk to Bo. The first thing he says is that they killed Vicky. They killed my baby. Uh, the feds claim that this is the first that they've heard Vicky was shot or killed. Uh, and then there's a, a, a really, fucking coward. There's a really famous video. Uh, it it led it led the news that night everywhere across the, across the nation. And it's uh, Bo at the gate, and he's talking to the cameras. Uh, and Vicky's like sister or cousin is is right there, um, and that's where he he announces that that Vicky's dead. We lost Vicky. Yeah, the audible gasp of that yeah. crowd when he's like, Vicky's dead, and they're like, <gasps> actually, I think what he says is, Vicky's been killed. I think those are his words. Is yeah, something some along those lines. And but like her, her cousin or her gasp. sister, whoever it is, collapses, and there's just, there's there's an audible hush that goes across the crowd, and, and then like people start yelling, and you hear some yell, some lady yelling, murderers, murderers, and and. Well, it's, just, yes. it's just it's ridiculous it's, oh yeah and the, the same lady who's always in the super brightly colored uh windbreakers that were so popular at the time i remember them yeah. i had a couple i'm not proud of it uh right. they she's like screaming in the faces of the feds that are keeping the line yep. baby killers uh, murderers. yeah you're murderers yeah. you fucking murdered a woman while she held her baby you fucking yeah. murderers yeah so um Day nine and ten, Gritz still works as a go-between, getting admittance to. He actually gets into the cabin at one point to discuss the situation with Randy, uh, and to report on the condition of the gunshot wounds to Kevin and Randy. Um, on day ten, uh, uh, Kevin Harris leaves. Um, Gritz walks him down, and uh, um, he gets put on uh, a helicopter flown to Spain or flown to Spokane uh, for medical treatment. And he's essentially arrest, arrested at that point. And he stays in the hospital for about two weeks. The the most heartbreaking moment of that is Randy's laying in one of the field tents and getting ready to get flown out. That's and he's the being, next, next day, bro. Is that the next day? Okay, yeah. it might be the next day where he's laying there and he and he's getting talked to, and he says, "If I had known." what was going to happen yeah i would i would have just shown up yeah i would have let i think nate i think was the guy's name i would have let nate ha or nick maybe have her um because apparently when he met vicky yeah. he actually cut in on his friend's oh. dance with her and he was like if i'd known what was going to happen i never would have even yeah so day 11 that's august 31st um grice and a uh, a few family friends from from nearby cabins 
Um, they're allowed to enter the cabin. Um, some of the other ladies, right, they prepare some food. Uh, they help the girls clean up, get them, get them dressed, um, uh, clean up Vicky's blood and, and let Vicky's body get taken. Um, and then uh, Randy hugs his daughters uh, as they walk out the cabin and Randy's put on a stretcher. Uh, and then put on a helicopter, taken to Sandpoint Airport, where an FBI jet flew him down to Boise. Um, and he goes into the hospital and then into Ada County Jail. Yeah, and according according to Greitz, what he said is so they they he came back the next morning and Randy opens the door and he's like, well, What'd you decide? And he said, Well, Bo, uh, the girls and I have been praying all night and mm-hmm. we've we decided is that if they're gonna yeah. take us, they're gonna have to come kill us all. And he looks at him and goes, because Bo, remember, Bo Wrights carried Vicky's body himself away yeah. from the cabin. And he looked, he said he looked at Randy and went, Randy, I did not just carry your beloved's body and spend all this time with you for it to end like that. I need you to give up mm-hmm. and I need you to take your day in court. And he said he didn't even look away from him, and he went, "Girls, get your things. We're gonna go." Yeah. So, um, again, qu- quoted from the book, "The Federal Seizure Ruby Ridge," that Sarah and Randy wrote. Uh, Sarah says, "Quote: They took us to an army camp that had been set up in the area. The first question she was asked was, quote, where are the booby traps?'" She said, "There are no booby traps," and it pointed out that the dogs have been running around freely the whole time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. La-di-da-di-da, uh, Randy gets charged with 10 counts, including the original charges of illegal firearm sales. Uh, his attorney, Gary Spence, successfully defended Randy against the host of charges, including murder, by using a self-defense argument. Randy is eventually only convicted of the charge of the failure to appear, which they gave him the wrong court date on and all that other stuff. Uh, he's sentenced to 18 months and a $10,000 fine. He did like 16 months. Uh, with what he had already done. Um, Kevin Harris is acquitted of all charges. Uh, They were the longest deliberations in Idaho criminal history. Uh, The federal government tried later, tried in 1997 to charge Kevin Harris with Deegan's death again, but it was thrown out on double jeopardy. Yep. All right. So in 1995, a civil suit is brought by the Weavers against the United States, uh, the government uh, immediately settles for the sum of $3.1 million. Each of the girls getting a million dollars, and then Randy's getting $100,000. Um, Randy's, Randy's lawyer, Gary Spence, said that if it had gone to jury, the government would have been ordered to pay at least $200 million. Yeah, and well, and it should be noted, too, that uh, the lawyers took, according to Randy, the lawyers took 20% of everything. Yeah. So each of the girls only got eight hundred thousand dollars, and he got eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, and then uh, five years later, so this let's just three years after the charges against Kevin Harris are finally dropped, uh, the federal government uh, pays Kevin Harris three hundred eighty thousand dollars. Should also be noted that during Randy's trial is when Waco happens. Yes, during the trial. Good guess you guys want to come back for the thirtieth anniversary of Waco? Yeah, we'll do, we're down. Yeah, that's a so, year from um, now, you know. Uh, not even quite. It's like it'd be next spring, like nine eight months. months, eight months, eight months, eight months. Yeah. So in uh, in Washington investigations, 
into what happened in 1992 continued on several fronts. An FBI investigation of the incident led to minor punishments for 14 agency employees. Uh, the Department of Justice prepared a 542-page report on the case, concluding the shot that killed Vicki Weaver violated the department's deadly force policy and, quote, contrived the Constitution. A subcommittee on the Senate Jury Committee uh, held hearings on Ruby Ridge in the fall of 1995. Uh, Weaver told senators that if he had to do it all over again, quote, I would have come down that mountain for the court appearance. Uh, in his testimony, FBI Director Louis Freya blamed the tragedy on, quote, one misstatement of fact exaggerated to another one into a huge pile of information that was just dead wrong. Uh, yeah. you know, what's interesting is that during the, the Senate hearings, um, both Kevin Harris and Randy Weaver were not only able to testify, but gathered around a table with a topographical map of the area to mm -hmm. show senators yes. where everything happened and what direction things came from. Like the yeah, senators, well. the Senate was more willing to sit there and give the Weavers the time of day than this law enforcement agency was. Yeah. Well, so, what yeah, a then there was, then there was, they, uh, they there was wanted... Feinstein too. Uh, yeah. Yes, Feinstein was all yep. over part it. of that. Yeah. yeah, Feinstein was all over that. Uh, up exalting Reno for their mm -hmm. actions. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Feinstein, okay. uh, Reno, uh, Bar. All of these names sound awful familiar, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Louis Freya, again, the, the head of the FBI at the time, uh, justified the FBI shooting of Randy because sniper Horiuchi saw that saw one of the suspects raise a weapon in the direction of a helicopter carrying other FBI personnel. Except there was no helicopter. Federal nope. officials testified that Weaver's trial that there were no helicopters in the vicinity of the Weaver's cabin at the time of the shooting. Uh, Freya also no. said that the FBI's next shot, the one that killed Vicki Weaver, was justified and that the killing was accidental. Freya declared, quote, the question whether someone running into a fortified position who is going to shoot at you is as much a threat as someone who is turning into the open space and pointing a gun at you. I don't distinguish between them. Of course. She all wasn't right, doing fuck all. She was literally standing there. She was holding hold a on, baby. Hold on. Hold on. Give me, she give was me two literally paragraphs. holding a... Give me two paragraphs. Uh, Freya found 12 FBI officials guilty of, quote, Inadequate performance, improper judgment, and neglect of duty and failure to expert to exert proper managerial oversight. In, in no fucking shit. Hold on. The heaviest penalty that Freya imposed was 15 days unpaid leave. And that was only for four agents. Ooh. As the New York Times pointed out, Freya had imposed heavier penalties for FBI agents who had used their official vehicles to drive their children to school. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, hold on. That's one, how one, much one they One paragraph. On they March 1st, fast. March 1st, 1996, the U.S. Marshals Service gave the highest award for valor to the U.S. Marshals involved in the shootout, including the marshal who fatally shot 14-year-old 14 14-year-old boy in the back and another marshal who provoked the firefight by killing the boy's dog. The marshals received the award, according to the Marshal Service Director Eduardo Gonzalez, quote, for, quote, exceptional courage their sound judgment in the face of attack and the high degree and professional confidence during the incident he also called the men heroes man if these sons of bitches had been given high-speed lead poisoning they'd have been given the goddamn medal of honor oh oh yeah they yeah. killed a kid and a dog 
and got and medals, they were given valor medals of valor and lon horiuchi would go on to murder a bunch of people uh, at waco FBI, the fbi and, hrt were at waco yes yep the entire hrt wow. was there horiuchi was there um and the, then the, the, the storm the storm uh, just nuked the, luke oh uh, and then one of the, having monsoons uh, one of the the high-ranking uh hrt guys from both waco and ruby ridge would go on to be at Levo the attack on lavoy finicum that resulted in his assassination yeah good this guys just goes, FBI, this huh? just goes to show you that they will make up anything they can they will force you to do anything they can if they want you silenced yeah. All they will well, they will do whatever they can to drag you through the mud to make it as terrible as possible, ruin your life, kill your family, just yeah. because they don't like you. Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah, who's like, "Oh, just take your day in court." Bullshit. Luke, Luke got nuked, yeah. but he says, uh, "Luke not Luke got nuked, but he says he does not blame the FBI at all." And wishes that he uh, had become an FBI agent. Hey, my camera's <laughs> off. I'm still here, fucker. <laughs> this is being said while he's taking it in the ass from an FBI agent. It's a so ghost. You know. It's it's the ghost of Luke. I can still feel him. I can still hear him talking. <laughs> he's trying to speak to me. I know it. They already got me. They already got me. Yeah, it's so. pretty crazy too Man. that the government like speaks out both sides of its mouth where it like awards its agents but then also settles with the family and gives them fucking shit ton of money be like oh sorry we killed your mom and uh brother it's, like it's these the guys same are thing heroes that you see oh yeah you see it all the time from especially like local law like police agencies not just the fed yeah. but from local law enforcement you know when you have places like new york city and la which have billion dollar budgets specifically tied to their litigation arm yeah, to yeah. settle cases i mean well, not not only, it, not only that but um police insurance right now is a multi-billion dollar industry oh yeah, oh, right? yeah. You, you 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 sign up right and you get settlement insurance or, or whatever it is and you pay you know 17 dollars a month and you're covered for like a million dollars in insurance if you you know get caught beating some black kid yeah. Right. So, yeah. and and then the departments carry insurance, and so it's 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 a multi-billion-dollar year industry to insure the police, police department against yeah, negligence. Racket. It's just another. It, racket. it absolutely like, is a racket. It's like with all insurance, like like for the most part, like I understand why insurance kind of became a thing, and you know how it maybe started with a an idea that might have been beneficial to society but at mm -hmm. this point like every single insurance whatever type it is it's almost all fucking garbage and has been just a money making you know, racket for insurance used to be a protection against mm -hmm. an unexpected expense yes now everybody uses insurance for menial things so. you know it used to be your health insurance was for, oh, shit, I had a heart attack or I broke a leg or something like that. I need help covering these bills. Yeah. Now it's, oh, I need to go for my annual checkup. That's free, right? Yeah. So, but uh, let's go back to it. Uh, we lost Randy um, in, uh, was it March? March or May? Uh, May. Oh, we lost Randy May. May 11th of this year. So. Yep. yep. Rest in peace, Randy. Enjoy yep. your time with Vicky. 
there are some some fabulous interviews with him that he did right near the end of his life with um, uh, Redoubt News uh, that are just absolutely awesome to hear him say things in his own words and talk about it years and years and years later. Boy, can you tell he's an old man in those interviews, though. Uh, he was, but, what, 74, something like that? Yeah, he was He was old, man. He was, he yeah, was pretty he, old. He was up there. Um, he was advanced in age. He... Uh, yeah, he he uh, talks about it though. He talks about some of the stuff, and it's it's interesting to hear him talk about things. There's one interview that he does where there's there's somebody who does a song about him. Um, it's kind of an old school gospel song that they do, and like he starts crying at the very beginning of the interview and stuff, and about it. Yeah, there's it's very moving. There's I think that there's there's four different Ruby Ridge songs. Uh, the Old Crow Medicine Show they do a really really good one, and then there's like a uh, a couple of folk songs, and then there's another country singer that does a, a really good acoustic one. There's yeah. a few more too for all the yeah. for the like Waco just, and yeah, look them up. But yeah, and there was a time before Randy died, you you could write him um, mm-hmm. and get a book yeah. signed. You from can him. still, uh, I think it's a uh, Path to Freedom dot com. I think is Sarah's website, and you can still order a uh, a signed book, a signed copy of their book. So. Of yeah. of their book, yeah. He actually yeah. he wrote another one um, that you used to be able to get from him uh-huh. directly uh, oh. that that he would sign. But those are he he laughed in an interview once. He said, "Oh, if you want a book that's worth like maybe fifty bucks in ten years, <laughs> uh, you can <laughs> write me and I'll, I'll send you a signed copy." So. Yeah. So, um, thoughts on it from our guest on on this whole situation? Uh, yeah. That the. Yeah, it's like the whole government, like the government lied from the beginning. They went uh-huh. after him for bullshit reasons. The entire thing was like almost like a sting. Like, I don't see how it's not like if the FBI or the agent, they're like all informants in these groups. They're trying to bait him. And five, selling him five of the six. Yeah. Five of the yeah. six in the Aryan nation. It's like there it, might not even be this big Aryan nation if the feds weren't. In, like in, infiltrating it and like probably keeping it going so they can find more reasons well, fund these bad guys get these bad well guys yeah i mean you can you fun. can point to michigan for the same shit i mean michigan yeah, the, yeah. the women kidnapping that, that's happening right now yeah. was like what it was like um they're, uh, they're retrying two of those people right yeah, now what is it, what because is it, they nine, got a hung jury nine of the 14 that were arrested and like 11 of the 25 overall were, were fbi were fed or, or federal, yeah. federal, federal yeah. informants yeah yeah, and it's like, it's like, it's like, it's not even you can look at this problem as like Randy's the problem or like what the white or the, even the white. No, Randy, Randy never harmed anybody. Like the, yeah. there's, there's no yeah, victim that anything Randy did in, in regards to, to what we talked about. Randy never it, even like, actually pointed a gun at anybody and fired. Yeah, it's like they applied the pressure and caused the situation to happen mm-hmm. that if they never applied that pressure at all, this whole situation could have been avoided. It didn't well, yeah. happen way at all. It never could have like they never had to go after him. They could have they could have took the most peaceful and even if they wanted to get him for not showing up in court or whatever or or like they or trying to get him to show up to court. Like they could have uh-huh. took the most reasonable, peaceful solution to it. And like just like you know, in that like you were saying, the federal marshal went around asking people like, Oh, he's peaceful, but if you go there guns blazing, it's gonna end bad. And that's exactly what happened. And well, like, yeah, that's 
the, it's the mo though of the state in general whether you talk about feds or you talk about state whether you're talking about local law enforcement they come in guns a blazing simply because they can and they have to yeah. justify mm-hmm. every you know escalation yeah. of force well their justification is well it might have gotten more violent if we hadn't gone in guns a blazing yeah. yeah and it's and i think it's like one of those things too where probably i mean i don't know all the how what the news coverage was in the moment when this was all happening but i'm sure it was very favorable to the police well, i'm sure it even demonized the weavers in a lot of ways oh very and much so just, very much yeah, so it yeah was, um, absolutely uh, so this is before the internet so this is 1992 it was just like the evening news and local news uh and it was it all led up with like a, a white nationalist white separatists yeah um, yeah um you know, anti-government, this and that. It was it was very, very anti. Their leaders alone. And you know, mentality. Jason's older than I am, but I was I was six, seven years old when this all went down, and I remember my parents watching this on the evening was, news constantly. I was Twelve. And yeah. I remember my parent, my dad, going, "What the fuck is going on here? What did he do wrong?" And my mom, who was a cop at the time, going. Well, he broke the law. He should he should do this thing. And my oh man, I remember many an argument between my parents over that because my dad was very much so he didn't do anything, and my mom was yeah. very much so, but he broke the law. Yeah, yeah. There there was also um, the, as far as the news coverage goes and stuff. I, I'll mention that if you want to look up the news coverage from the time, it is all now moved online. Um, you can actually search for it and it'll tell you like from 1995, 1994, 1993, 1990, you can actually still look up the majority of the mm-hmm. national news coverage from the time on it. And you will see that bias. You'll see that slant yes. right up until about late 94 when they come before the Senate uh, committees, or the House committees on what was going on, on what happened there. And all of the sudden, as that all of that testimony starts coming out, you start to see that coverage go the other direction a little bit. Yeah, and more it things, all starts coming out. More things, like, yeah, more oh. things come to light. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah, kind of can't they can't bullshit anymore. At least well, not the as same much. thing. Yeah, the same yeah. thing happened with Waco, where as more yep. details came out, they were like, "Oh, fuck! Now what?" Hmm. Yeah, and I, I really like, I mean, I really appreciate you guys having us on, and I, I learned a lot just from sitting here listening to, like, all the, I, I mean, I knew, like, before coming on that a lot of it was, you know, fed bullshit and media bullshit, but just learning but all that, and I think it's, new? yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I know, I, but I think, you know, like, you know, in our circles, like, this stuff becomes, it's pretty obvious to us, like, it's pretty obvious to us all now that, like, now if we see the news and something's going on, we're like, okay, we know they have an agenda. We know the feds are probably lying. But like at the time, I mean, even today, there's still a lot of Americans that don't understand that yet. And going back and going over like this and, and hashing out the details step by step and like what's come out later in the years and like what Randy has said later in his life and stuff like that. I think it's really important to shed light on shit like that because then like and you kind of understand how they lie and how they portray things and how their methods work so when they try to do shit like that again like they're doing in michigan it's easier to spot it's easier and and, you know get get kind of let people out there understand like hey man like these people it's not that they're lying today 
They've always been lying to you. They've been lying to us this entire time. And I yeah, think that's well, important. I mean, you can look all the way back, you know, with, you know, the Tuskegee experiment and all that yeah, stuff, yeah, where yeah. they they perpetually lie to us, and they've been perpetually lying to us basically since the inception. Mm-hmm. If oh, you yeah. really look back. And, yeah, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I would talked, say that I learned – oh, go ahead. You finish. No, I was going to say the one thing we've talked about on the, on this show a few times is, you know, the Constitution that especially conservatives sit there and cling to as the restrictions on the federal government is nothing more than a coup against the actual founding documents of the country that would have actually restricted the government the way they think the Constitution does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that we talk about a lot. But the the one thing that I said that I would say about the yeah. U.S. U.S. Marshals Twitter. Oh, William wow. Deegan. Is yeah. that today? No, this this is from last year. They did not post one today. Smart. <laughs> probably smart on their part. They got ripped last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. The one the one thing that I would say on it is like if uh, this is what happens when you tell the federal government, "Fuck no, I won't rat on people for you." Mm-hmm. Like. That's that's almost yeah. exactly what happened. Right here over my shoulder. Fuck you. Yeah, no. fuck you. No. Yeah. Yeah. FPC. I love I love those flags, but it's true. Like that's that's where this stemmed from. They wanted to get him specifically because he was in a spot that he could be exploited. He needed money. So he sold some shotguns, whether they were short belt or not, regardless. Uh, so they used him to get into this Aryan nations, whatever. And uh, when he told them, no, I'm not going to inform for you. They were like, all right, well, now we're going to go after you to the fullest extent that we can possibly do. And they murdered his child. They murdered his wife. um, And they destroyed his entire life just because he said, no, I will not be a rat for the U.S. Mm -hmm. federal government. And and, that's what they'll do. Yeah, that's how they treat anybody who happens to step out of line. If you Absolutely. don't bow down and lick the boot, they will wreck your life. They will ruin everything that you hold dear. Yep. Yeah. You know, just like the man. Eighty-seven. And you know, they, they will, got the eighty-seven they themselves awards for doing so. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, you know, you you have eighty-seven. Medals. Yes. You you look at the eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents that they're bringing in. Like we talked about earlier, that makes the IRS larger than the Marine Corps. <laughs> Fucking Marine Corps. And, Jesus. And all that is, it, and they say, oh, these people will just be going after the very rich. No, you don't need 87,000 people to go after a couple hundred extremely rich people. The problem is exactly. they can afford lawyers. We well, can. Don't, don't forget, don't forget, yeah. like after after today – like eighty percent lowers are are felonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eighty percent right. lower kits. Eighty percent lower kits. <laughs> that, that is no, one lowers. thing that lowers no, lowers are no. considered firearms now. No, actually, if you if you actually l- read the ruling, oh, you the, know they're not going to follow the rules. Come no, on. they're not going to follow the ruling. But according to the actual document that the ATF put out about it. The kits where it comes with the jig and the bits and everything, yeah. those so are what you, are considered firearms. If you, if you, buy you just this, buy a lower, no. that is just a chunk of aluminum. That, that could lead you to be the next Ruby Ridged. 
Don't threaten me with a good time. Which is why this should have three holes in it. No, I, I exactly. You might, as, you might as well in Minecraft. Well, I yeah. might as well. Like, this well is, yeah, this is my thing. Like, I honestly don't want the three holes because I don't have the trigger discipline for all that. So <laughs> and that's what happens just, when you're a marine. It's it's yeah. easy <laughs> enough. It's easy enough. the The big thing with auto is like like because like when I ran because I ran scars, I ran M4s, I ran a bunch of shit. It's we always left them in auto because it's it's easy enough to learn how to pop off like one two. <laughs> real yeah. quick and and not were... use it for more than that but when you need it it's really nice to just go i'm just gonna hold down the giggle button and... typo typo what was the what was the ditty they gave you in boot camp because the ditty that we were taught in boot camp for full auto was die motherfucker die motherfucker get some release yeah, that was ours <laughs> <laughs> that's what they taught us in boot camp well, they told us that but, it was die, motherfucker, die, motherfucker. Yeah, but then if, but they said if officers are around, then you say die, little people, die, little people. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's so you, man in in group, especially like every every officer we had was just like you can kill those fuckers, fucking murder them. Like that's that's the beautiful yeah. well, thing that about well, we, when players. me and Luke were in the the military was in transition i would say it was transitioning <laughs> to a more pc type culture somehow it's well, so weird yeah. because on one hand they're like you gotta go murder people but you gotta be nice about it you know what i'm saying like i was <laughs> like what is this dude what are we the i got out i got out right at the right at the beginning of the death by powerpoint the please don't murder people or please don't rape people seriously please don't rape people oh i was seriously, so happy please, to avoid please all don't of that rape shit. people Next Jesus slide. Christ. Seriously, we mean it. For the love of God, please just don't rape people. Next one. <laughs> Man, Raping people when I was equals in... bad. <laughs> it's it's hilarious that Andrew is going through this because when I was just in basic, we actually just about killed one of our TIs because he broke into the female dorm that was our sister flight and tried to assault one of the female trainees. Like, Leave it to the Air one, Force, man. Leave it to the fucking Air Force. Well, they, the the female dorm guard across the hall was like, we need help. And like all 60 men from my side of the hallway flooded across the hall. And we don't know what happened. He just fell off the bed and somehow ended up with broken arms, broken ribs, broken legs, <laughs> a fractured skull, an orbital socket fracture. His nose was broken in like eight different places. Dude, if that had been the Marines, I can guarantee you there would have been at least eight lesbians that probably would have broken every bone in his body. Oh, probably. <laughs> Drew, Drew. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I don't, probably, any, yeah. Uh, I don't have any way to wrap this up, you guys. I didn't, I didn't think that far ahead. Don't don't trust the fucking government. pages and notes, and you can close it out. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, don't don't trust the feds. Anybody who says they're with law enforcement is not your friend. They are there to try to get you to do something to which they can throw you under the bus for it. No, Period. End of story. They're from the government, and they're here to kill you. Exactly. We're from the, we're from the government, and we're here to help. That's the They'll scariest find, yeah. thing in the world. They'll find the man, that's, and then they'll find. That's the that's not, that's not true. When 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 either your your ex girlfriend says we need to talk, might actually be the scariest thing. Mistress, <laughs> and, if and you then, have a mistress and she says we need to talk, that is terrifying. 
Um, to answer uh, Bogaloo's uh, question in the chat, uh, as far as that Wisconsin flag goes, we got from Boo Boogie 79 on Twitter. He was part of the great Twitter nuke. I don't know how to get a hold of him any longer. I've tried numerous times. I even have his phone number. He doesn't respond anymore. So, okay, Boring, uh, boring Sandwich says, uh, what, what would Ruby Ridge look like in 2022? Let's let's do that, and then we'll get out of here. What would Ruby Ridge look like in 2020? Would, would Ruby Ridge happen the same way it did in 2022, or would it be – more Duncan probably I would say more Duncan Duncan Lemp because mm, yeah in 2022 if it were to happen if anything like that were to happen today it would be broadcast all over the internet because wireless is a thing who was that yeah. who was that guy that uh he was a military vet it was on the east coast somewhere and he was holed up in his house and then the boogaloo train that Everybody was jumping on, like the S2 Underground folks and all that. They were like, oh, this guy needs help. And everybody started showing up, and the cops started getting real fucking. Oh, that um, was, uh, oh, what was his name? That was, um, uh, I Whiskey, remember Rebe- that. Whiskey and Rebellion. Whiskey buddy, Rebellion. Right? Whiskey yep. and Rebellion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was um, his buddy. So, like, I, yeah. And, it, and, like, they had a full ass APC out there in front of his house mm-hmm. and shit like that. And, and then just good old boys from around the, around the neighborhood started showing up and then the they got have, real de-escalated will travel quick yeah yeah oh yeah well, the, yeah real de-escalated the thing pretty quickly yeah the that's thing the thing the remember. thing that government hates is when the people realize the amount of power that they actually hold when they show up with weapons yeah, you yeah. you see that you see that um, with the Bundy Ranch um, in particular. Yep. Yep. It's really clearly demonstrated, where the moment that the government shows up and remember that famous shot of them coming down that that wash, the draw, the wash in yeah. force, and then realizing that there are at least three hundred <laughs> weapons aimed at them, and the people aiming those rifles oh. are not kidding. EJ Parker laying on the cement, aiming between yeah. the Jersey barriers with the with the AK, and, and then they then yeah, the government they, decides to back down and, and they and immediately retreat. back down and go, you know what, we can maybe negotiate this. Yep. That's and that and that, thing, and that went that went to trial, and um, it was reported doggo the, the, gov- the government the government was so unconstitutional in their actions that the charges were throwing out with prejudice. Right, yeah. and that's the thing is. The, the issue, though, is that what you see is a contrast between the Bundy Ranch and Ruby Ridge. So Ruby Ridge, two uh, groups of men tried to help them, right? Showed up and tried to help them. Both mm-hmm. of them got yep. stopped. But it was only two. One that gets reported, another one that also tried to help. Um, you'll hear about it if you listen to the Randy Weaver interviews. Anyway, that happened twice, and that was it. It was just two groups of guys. What you see at the Bundy Ranch is you see a huge mobilization, of yep. armed citizens responding and you see the government immediately back down. And that's the contrast between you the see two. that too, like with uh, the, the whiskey guy, whiskey rebellion guy too, you had a large number of people that showed up mm-hmm. and then well, I mean, ultimately it... George Washington led an army to go kill them all. And most of them died, oh. but <laughs> that's you know, true. At but, the hands I mean, of George then, Washington. Hooray ever since for whiskey Washington. rebellion, right now it, now, since Whiskey Rebellion, what you've got is um, issues like Duncan Lemp, Brianna Taylor, it, the the couple in Houston where they were killed in their own home. 
Right. Huge um, prevalence of no knock raids. Right. They've gotten you, they've gotten a lot right. better about keeping it quiet for longer. Yeah, right. They because they kill the other side of the story intentionally. Yep. Yeah. 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 But the thing is, is what you see is you see a, a vast difference between when there's an equal match or greater of armed response versus not. The reality is that you do not like you can say, oh, just take your day in court all fucking day. But the reality is Randy Weaver tried to take his day in court and they fucked him so yep. that he didn't get that. The reality is that ultimately it is the armed response and the possibility of a significant armed response of an armed citizenry that alters that landscape yep for the government to have to behave themselves. and what are they pushing right now gun control gun control because they don't want us to be able to respond to their tyranny mm-hmm. with equal or greater force yep um that was yeah. uh well said i don't think i don't think i need to add anything to that so let's uh uh, uh, Luca Typer, why don't you guys uh, throw out your links and, and tags? And we've had them scrolling across the bottom, but um, throw them out there for the listeners. Uh, yeah, you can we can find our podcast pretty much on any podcaster or podcatcher. Um, biting if you search biting the bullet on Twitter, Instagram, you'll be able to find that. And you, you can search follow Boo me Boo on-, on Spotify. Where <laughs> you can find that. I'm banned Our, from oh, Twitter, so I can't find you over there. But you know, <laughs> it happens. So we'll, we'll probably be there behind you pretty soon. Yeah, I do. But, I do uh, have you guys. Uh, uh, the website, uh, the IG, Twitter, and your individual Twitters. I have them linked in the comments. And your merch. The, the, the info. The info and the merch. Um, I have oh, them. Yeah. I have them. Well, linked you got everything already. <laughs> and they've been scrolling across the bottom. I, I, it That's and it'll sick. it'll go up on the Rumble channel once I download it and yeah, get so. it moved over there. So sweet, perfect. Well, cool. yeah, you can find me at Keep It Real Luke on Instagram and Twitter. So that's that's mm-hmm. all my plugs. Because mm-hmm. you don't have a third hole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to Department use Department of the hole. Navy. Department of the Navy. He knows exactly <laughs> how to use the third hole. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one in the bathroom? <laughs> Yeah, I will, you know, <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know. It's it's the one in the showers when you drop the soap. That's when you find the third hole. <laughs> All right, Andrew, make ours quick. All right. So if you want to care for your beard like a Viking, like I do, you're going to use code inkanarchist 15 and get 15% off of all of your order from thebeardstruggle.com. They have cool stuff. They have their new platinum scents. They have stuff for ladies even. They have the cool beard straightener, all sorts of cool stuff. Again, that's inkanarchist 15 at thebeardstruggle.com. We're also an affiliate of RK Spookware. And as of right now, anyway, they're still up. So if you 3D print your shooty boys and you want to uh, get the metal stuff that you need for it, make sure you check out RK Spookware. Use the uh, link in the description and you can get uh, your stuff and sports channel at the same time. Make sure that you buy Derek's book. She's not on the show right now, but it is called Think for Yourself, a thinking workbook for beginners. Uh, it's super cool and it is a workbook and it is for beginners. Please remember that when you go to order it. And, and you know it works really, really well for your your teenage children who are you know. It did not. It did not work for the FBI at Ruby Ridge, though. It no, did it did not, not work for them. I, no, it didn't uh, exist for the FBI. At well, Ruby Ridge. it's too bad. Uh, also, make it's sure that you check out our boy Dave at Poppins Patches. He makes this fabulous NPC Redcoat ATF yeah. patch uh, that I am wearing. 
Uh, he makes the tactical tricorns that uh, both uh, Josh and Chris are wearing, as well as the Boogaloo Shark patch, um, all sorts of other cool patches that are out Dave, there. Dave is, our, Dave is our only real sponsor. This yeah, is one of my favorite patches that Dave makes. <laughs> all sorts of cool stuff. He sends us all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. It's super uh, awesome. Abolish ATF at checkout for 15% off. Yes, yep. use Abolish or, ATF at this, checkout. This one's good, too. Yep. So uh, on that note, Typo, give us a piece of life advice. Piece of life advice? Yes. Uh, do not join the military. I don't know, dude. That is great advice. That is perfect. Don't enjoy the white white crayons. (laughs) I'm still figuring out life, dude. So don't don't put that on me. They're young pups yet. They don't haven't figured shit out yet. Don't don't (laughs) snort crayons and don't join the military. We'll catch you on the next one. Yes.